0: The Democratic Party and the Republican Party were just like the old patent medicine drummer that used to come around our country. He had two bottles of medicine. He'd play a banjo and he'd, he'd sell two bottles of medicine. One of those bottles of medicine was called High Papa Laura. And another one of those bottles of medicine was called Low Papa House. <laughs> Finally, somebody around that there said, there Is there any difference in these medicines? Oh, he said, Considerable. They're both good, but they're different. He said that high papalorum is made from the bark off the tree that we take from the top down. And that low papahirum is made from the bark that we take from the root up. (laughs) And the only difference that I found between the Democratic leadership and the Republican leadership. Was that one of them was skinning from the ankle up and the other one from the ear down when I got the gun? Go. America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world, the land of new frontiers, new
1: opportunities. Hey, we to get up. Clicking
0: sounds, sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive.
2: Good evening. This is Tank Riot. This is episode one hundred and forty, where we talk about Huey the Kingfish Long. I am Sputnik. With me, as always, is Victor. Hello.
3: And, and of course, Tor. Hi there. So, gentlemen. So many, but first, we're recording this podcast so quickly after the last one. I'm just shocked. Yep. So it's because you're out of the hospital, all yes, well. The bird right. flu has gone away. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I had a little <laughs> touch of
2: the Ebola, <laughs> and I'm back now. There is nothing worse than being sick in the dog days of summer. Oh, it's, it's just like there's you cannot you know like how they used to um you know before they had rehab clinics, you know they would they would send you to a sanitarium. Oh yeah. And they uh-huh. would put you in these ice baths. I would have like paid big money for one of those. I would have said, "Yeah, just just keep throwing, come on, just keep throwing the cubes on."
3: One of my fondest memories growing up was uh, there was an abandoned sanitarium uh, near where I lived, and uh, awesome, it was abandoned and scary and creepy. And, yeah, uh, wow, obviously haunted. there were calendars on the wall for 1974. Oh, and I was a kid at the time, and and I would you know, we would climb in, you go through the elevator shafts. You, we would explore everything with flashlights, except mm-hmm. for those few times when your flashlight just didn't quite work i mean it was truly the stuff of nightmares but it was so fun so fun to adventure in an abandoned medical building where they had the operating room they had like some kind of operating rooms with some um the autoclave things for cleaning yeah it was creepy it was really super creepy but i got pictures of
4: that it was really fun
2: speaking of which (laughs) i um currently in financial negotiations to purchase a 1960 buick Ooh, a 1960 you got to see this thing. It is the size of a boat, period. It looks just like the Batman Mobile. Wow. Yeah.
4: I'm Batman. very excited. That yeah. that
2: could be the new Tank Riot Mobile wow. Command Center. The <laughs> the mobile, mobile Command, command Center. center. <laughs> the J- just the trunk alone, right?
4: Mm. Yeah.
2: You could lay three end to end. I wow. mean, it's, yeah, it's a tank. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. not for every day, but yeah, you get out there, you know, wave to the filthy masses. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs>
2: nice so you're gonna rent
4: an airplane hangar to
2: keep going oh, yeah well actually I, I, I will be i will be wintering at my mother's oh, okay yeah. i've already discussed this and yeah. say yes there is room cool so yeah, yeah that i mean that that would be fun because that that would be one of your long distance cruisers you know when you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to find america man
4: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so what does it have under the hood this enormous v8 yeah. the kind that that to work on the engine, you could actually crawl into the engine space and stand
4: right next to the engine. <laughs> you gotta yeah, yeah. just you take a ladder down into the oh, yeah, engine it's, room. Yeah. It's like so old school, man. Awesome.
2: It's, 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 I saw it and I thought, oh. I can actually change the oil on this thing without removing the
3: entire engine from the block. <laughs> I, th-
2: I don't have to have a computer science yeah. degree in exactly. order to tune it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just use the old strobe and a piece of chalk like great-granddad wow. did. But I do really want to thank our listeners for sending in all the information about The Day the Clown Cried. In fact, that is our 140 Tank Riot question. We have a contest for this episode. (gasps) Contest, contest, contest. And here it is. What are the last two sounds heard
3: at the end of the movie, The Day the Clown Cried? Last two sounds. All right answers uh, or wrong answers, send them to feedback at tankriot.com. We will randomly draw the winner from yeah. all the right answers and announce the winner on our next podcast. And they will receive some Scunny Nation swag, including Absolutely. including some really cool swag from the Isthmus, right. which is the local newspaper yes. that most recently helped readers, Torres point this out to me, readers voted for us as Madison's favorite local podcast. Which is, so, yes. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, of we're course, the only two that.
4: people that know the answer to that question <laughs> is um, Jerry Lewis and Harry Shearer. Right? No, that is it, not no, true. No.
2: It is available. Oh. I'm yes not, I'm not yeah, going yeah, to reveal how. But no hints. No hints. No, no. no yeah.
4: No. But last two sounds. <laughs> yeah. The very end. But if you live next door to Jerry corner Lewis, corner. you have an advantage.
2: You know, the whole thing with Jerry is, and you know, and uh, gentlemen, I'd like to take a moment to, you know, because we're coming up on Labor Day, which I think is the the high holy day of St. Jerry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm still kind of bitter. I mean, honestly, if I could get, like, a whole telethon on DVD, I would probably sit up all night and watch it, you know, just because I used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I would sit there and, like, you know, build models and tank models, as as it was, <laughs> uh, the, uh-huh. uh, to my uh, tank models. You know, it's like, ooh, here's a Panzer I don't have. Yes, I, <laughs> I built Nazi tanks <laughs> and watched Jerry. But about 3 o'clock nice. in the morning, the Ventriloquist X would come on. Oh, that was awesome. Anyways... Uh, to address Mr. Lewis, Jerry, I know that your comments have always been that you really hate this movie and you just think it's really bad and you don't want to release it. I think your fans have – you should allow your fans to to evaluate the movie on its own. It's 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 part of the Jerry Lewis canon. I, I don't care if you want to dress it up, if you want to make a director's cut, whatever. Right. You guarantee make – a
4: ass load of money, right? Victor and I kind of mentioned something similar to that in the last episode. That if he if he spins it right now, kind of uh, puts, oh, yeah. puts his puts his caveats on it now. Yeah, he can spin it in yeah. a way that's beneficial to
3: him. Yeah. Fans want to see this. I'm not proud of it because of the tone, but yeah. here you can yeah, watch it yeah. and. and-
2: but but in a lot of ways, I mean, is, is it the tone so much, or is it just you know life is beautiful? I, I mean, think he said Benini. it's the
3: tone. I think he felt, and Harry Shearer felt that too. That it was it felt tone deaf uh, in some ways. So I don't care.
4: I don't. Jerry, think any of do us
2: the care. DVD commentary release that director's cut. <laughs> you'll make a
4: fortune. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you and know, he can donate it to charity, which no would, kidding. would balance right. out anything absolutely a, any guilt he might have about releasing it, and right? And we miss imagine, you on the telethon. Can you imagine
3: if that was in a theater? Like if Sundance had that film? I would be so... I would be all over <laughs> oh that. Oh my God! I would, I would be there like an hour beforehand at the bar just getting <laughs> yeah. ready, you know? I would, Yeah, so... I would, char- I would just, like, charge that screen. For more information on the Day the Clown Cried, listen to our episode on Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yes, it's one of
2: our earlier it's podcasts, episode, yes. but, um, a little you know, shorter
3: than what we do nowadays.
2: So thank you so much for, for sending in all the links and letting us know. We really appreciate that, and also for voting for us for Madison's favorite yeah. Super podcast. cool. Super cool. And,
3: yeah, you know, we were yeah. in the running with a couple other good podcasts. So if you are in the local Madison area, I do highly recommend the Arts Extract podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're living in the Netherlands and listening to us, I probably don't recommend it because it's all very local focused. It's all about shows that are coming to town, music and arts and culture mm-hmm. of Madison, Wisconsin. So if you want to know more about Tropical Madison, Wisconsin, you can listen to That's Scott right. Gordon and some cohorts. Uh, Scott used to write for The Onion Before the Onion shuttered its uh, Madison uh, hometown location. And then he also worked for the Isthmus. He came in second place for the Arts Extract podcast. And that's a good local podcast. The other one I'd never heard of is... uh... Instaflicka which is all about yeah. Netflix and what's going on on Netflix, and it sounds like some kind of podcast of a bunch of like three guys that sit around and talk about stuff. What the fuck is that? <laughs> sounds I that know. Hard that I don't can't last. Know why. why would anyone that? do that for years? That's now. like an I know. Love Lucy rehash. Yeah. I mean, no one's gonna want to listen to yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway, no, I'll check them out too because it sounds like interesting. Because I, I am a booster of the Netflix.
2: You know, one thing I did want to mention, though, speaking of the local scene, is there's been some huge shakeups in the bicycle. Madison Bicycle World mm-hmm. recently. And we're all yeah. bicycle guys. Yeah. And uh a place that I have gone to for years and yes. years and years. Yes, this y- is true. Yellow Jersey, which is right in the heart of State Street and has been there for Oh God! I think it's like seventy three. Run 74? by a hippie Andy, not so hippie Andy. Not uh, so hippie. They've some <laughs> other location <He> like <laughs> hippie, but he's actually very, very conservative. <laughs> very conservative. Yeah. But he's,
3: he's an interesting character, and I've always loved getting uh, mm-hmm. you know bike service and help from him when I, I had a giant bike crash, and I had to actually. Have the shifters rebuilt. and Not only was oh, yeah. I in a cast and everything, but I had to have a lot of work done, and, and they did a great job of it. I yeah. loved going there for repairs and little things that I needed. They'll show yeah. you how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll
2: ask you to come back in the shop. They'll show you how to do it. I mean, I learned how to strip down and rebuild bikes oh, yeah. from these guys. And so they're closing up their State Street location. They're moving to Arlington, Wisconsin, and they're just focusing on their Internet business. Yeah.
3: So um, I think I think he couldn't afford the rent on State Street anymore. because He just keeps getting higher it's, and it's higher. It's all these higher. gap type companies buying. You know, I think State Street's going to mm-hmm. go very corporate and we're going to yeah. lose a lot of these greats. I don't want to lose, you know, um, budget bike. No, I don't. Records? I don't want to lose B-side records. Oh, no, no. Um, I yeah. mean, There's some really
2: That's there's some places gems can, on yeah. there. You can get Ugh.
3: like you know cds and i love yeah, that record lost store. a lot of record stores yeah. i love mad City music already, exchange man. too but i yeah. i mean I, I i love that presence on state yeah
2: Street. i do too i do too and and uh and you'll
3: be missed a yellow jersey you'll be missed
2: I, I do too i thought so too so when there's an article in the paper i just about like ran down mm-hmm. there and it's like, oh you
1: do yeah this. i almost called you <laughs> <laughs> the president is dead <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> def four all right i
3: got a bicycle story for you this will this will make you very happy uh, I work uh, near the University of Wisconsin on the campus in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, the, the students are back. Yeah. Goddamn, well, students are yeah, back. Yeah, I know. So uh, it's just just students everywhere. And uh, I was biking home from work, and I was going to this. I was on a very busy street. I was going across an intersection that's a T intersection where there's never any traffic, and there wasn't any traffic. And I ran through the red light. Because there wasn't any traffic, and right. I wanted to get to Park Street where mm-hmm. you have to sit and wait forever to get across the traffic. All too true. There was yeah. a cop in a lawn chair sitting there. Oh, a lawn whoa. chair. Yeah, in a lawn chair. With a little microphone. <laughs> and then I got flagged down by another cop on the bike path. No. Yeah, and then and then and they were just they were getting us left and right, and they yeah. weren't. Uh, I didn't get uh-huh. a ticket. Um, oh, really? Yeah, maybe I should have. I don't care. But I had to talk to the guy from the bike federation. Um, they had him standing there with the cop with a foldable table. So he was like the liaison officer? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so then that 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 uh, bicycle guy... No, he was just a, like a guy, just a regular bicycle guy. And uh, uh-huh. he had a table and he gave me a lot of maps and information and lectured me on bicycle safety. You know, uh, if you could... Uh, wear a helmet, that'd be great. Uh, you, know,
1: <laughs> you,
3: you, you could wear could, pants, that'd be awesome. You know what? I'm asking everybody over the next week to just try to observe all traffic laws and, Can't we all just and get bike along? safely for a week and just see how you mm-hmm. feel and see how biking goes for you. And it was just highly embarrassing. Oh, I know. Uh, but what, yeah.
4: What, uh, uh, was that on University <laughs> yeah, Avenue? Yeah, it was on University Okay, <laughs> back in the 1980s, Yeah. that's where I got my very first moving violation. Oh, get out of here! I... It was same thing. Red red light, okay, there's... I mean, there's no reason why I should stay here. So I just went through the red light. There's a cop right behind me. Oh, man. Because I'm just a teenager and didn't look... Now I always look behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to not check for other vehicles that might hit you, but look for cops. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's the most important yeah. thing. Well, not to, but, but, but anyway, that, that cost $20 in the 1980s. That wow. That sucks. Yeah. But see, not, so, not
2: to for, for our listeners... Uh, I mean, that's actually a fairly decent experience that they actually have a Bicycle Federation first yeah, yeah, yeah. liaison
3: officer there. Yeah, because, I'm
4: only bitching because I have a problem with authority. I, and I well, don't want to get pulled over. See, <laughs> and, and, uh, on my bicycle, is is the, of all things. Well, the the, 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 the cops said, that's the most blatant thing I've ever seen. <laughs> when he pulled me over. He probably sees someone do that every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, calm down, goob.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, th- that's the thing. It's like, th- I have the same
1: problem. Andy, Andy, I'm going to shoot
3: him, Andy. <laughs> he ran through a red light. <laughs> nip it in the bud. <laughs> nip it in the bud. <laughs> That's what I was saying.
2: Goober <laughs> says hey. So, you know, that's that's uh, an interesting point, Victor, is that I, w- when I was younger or now when I'm older, I still have the same attitude. It's like they stop me and all you'd have to do is like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> the bill yeah. lumber. Yeah. But, and, and it would be fine. You know, they can just do their little gig and it's like, you know. <laughs> but... The, it, I cannot do that. Oh God. So and now it's even harder because they're all like
3: really younger than I am. Mm -hmm. So it's just
2: like, we'll learn who's a cute cop,
3: who's a cute (laughs) cop I know I had this I had this poor twenty year old bike federation kid telling me did you did you hear about the professor that was hit and killed in a car accident in May Aww. he got hit by a tow truck that just didn't see him in the blind and i'm Aww. like oh my god how long do i have to stay here <laughs> am i ever going to get to leave i don't yeah. want to know any more stories well it's like uh
2: you know but but back in the 80s and the 90s and i would say probably the early 2000s the Madison bike cops were pretty fascist. I mean, they would right. they would write out, you know, some kind of high value tickets. Yeah. I remember at one time they were enforcing getting a bike license. Yeah. Which uh-huh. I thought was, you know, because I mean, yeah, you got to go down to City Hall, which was no big deal since I, I worked go right across City Hall. But, <laughs> to but get my prosthetic yeah. uh, license plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, what? Do, do I wrap this around my right. spokes now? I mean, fuck <laughs> you. Because that's what I did when I was like six on right. my banana seat. Oh my God, you know, yeah. you wrapped it around your back spokes sure. and then you had that cool yeah. reflector gone. Yeah,
3: always had a deck of cards.
2: Because, yeah. you know, like in, in Portage, mm-hmm. it was because uh, the school colors are orange and black. So you had a really yeah those license plates were actually kind of cool. If I could mm-hmm. find one in like a like a rummage store, mm-hmm. which is like any store in Portage,
4: mm-hmm. Portage, orange <laughs> and
2: black, yeah, yeah. The the plate was okay. orange and they had black lettering. They were pretty fucking awesome. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So, but they, I'm not yeah I'm not gonna go stand in line and fill out a thing. It's like it's my bike. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs>
3: So I just I just learned I gotta like I don't know I just gotta watch for cops and be yeah. careful and I, I think yeah. people are right bike bikers do act crazy and stupid but I really there are wasn't, some that really need the lecture yeah, I wasn't yeah. being rude or <laughs> that, crazy no no, just, no no you no know. yeah
2: but see okay one thing that happens to me is I, I live in the west side of Madison. And we'll go. Th- I'll uh, sometimes I go through the village of Shorewood. Oh yes, which is this like really bourgeois little <laughs> lake community. You gotta wash yourself in Shorewood. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. and for like the longest time, we couldn't even have a bike path because the Blackhawk Country Club, a golf club, wouldn't allow uh, pavement to go through. Lovely. Can you imagine bicycles? <laughs> That's a peach, hon. Huh? <laughs> you know. So so, and I mean seriously, you would ride by that golf course, and everyone's you know not you know with a fair frequency there there'd be one like winging off your back tire or mm-hmm. you know in the street in front of you or something it's like you guys suck yeah. <laughs> they're old people <laughs> who spend a lot of money to play shitty golf well they're probably <laughs> so aiming they for you they want to do it in privacy they're probably for aiming for you map yeah, probably teach you a lesson <laughs> so <laughs> so anyways you know you go through sherwood and and i mean i understand this cuz they got you know they got schools there and mm-hmm. everything and you don't want to go whipping through there and i don't i had my first traffic stop with a female cop.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And And you loved it. (laughs) Every minute of it. I need to be searched.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, this this is, you know, really, I should have really thought even telling this story because it's like, it's going to end up bad like a Mel Gibson story. It's like, hey, what are you looking at, sugar tits? (laughs) No, no. It wasn't anything like that. But I I actually found myself (laughs) being... Being nicer than more I, more polite than I, yeah. Which yeah. I know is probably sexist and horrible of me and everything, but I did, I did you find monster. myself not getting History's his right aim. Monster, where <laughs> it's like when these cops, like I got stopped in Mount horrible once mm-hmm. by these two cops, and this guy was such a little dick. You know, he's like, "Well, I will take you down to the county jail, uh. and you'll spend the night." And I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he calls in his buddy, who's this big fat dude with red hair. And I'm thinking, oh, Christ, what is this, your half-brother twice <laughs> right. removed, you know?
3: Okay, one more, one more police story. I, I got to tell one more cop story. Okay. So they were doing a crackdown in my neighborhood of people not uh, yielding for the pedestrian. So they had a police officer uh, posing as a pedestrian at a crosswalk uh, by the school, and um, he would take a step off the curb as you were, like, approaching him. He would just step in front of you, and then... If you didn't stop, he would call in the cop ahead of you to pull you over to oh. give you a ticket, which is exactly what happened to me. And yeah. the guy was the the guy had a like a giant beer gut. And he looked you know oh. really really unhealthy yeah. and running so, after me. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> so so <gasps> when I got pulled over, the police officer came up to my window and he was like, "Did you happen to see the pedestrian in the crosswalk back there?" I'm like, "Uh, no." Oh, you mean um, the fat cop? No, no, but here's, here's, here's where it went. He, he was like, well, there was a pedestrian in the crosswalk, and he was wearing an orange shirt, and oh, you mean that big fat guy that was in the intersection? With the red well, cod piece? Officer so-and-so <laughs> was in the intersection. Yeah, the big fat guy with the giant beer gut, right? <laughs> He's like, officer so-and-so was there, and you didn't yield. Yeah, well, he wasn't in the intersection. The big fat guy that we're talking, and I just kept bringing it up. <laughs> It's just like so mean. So you're using officer
2: so and so as a safety cone, is that what you're saying?
3: <laughs> so <laughs> cuz he's good for nothing else. Oh man, I felt so bad, but yeah, I got the ticket. I totally got the ticket. I had to attend a, a class for, you know, safe driving to reduce the oh, ticket a little bit. But yeah, they're they're those, thing, those things work, baby. And now I yeah. stop for everybody and they're like, "Are you crazy? You just squealed to a stop." I'm like, "You could be a cop."
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
2: I did, I did find out, though, that the Shorewood cops, though, still are of that same fascist brand because they, they will kind of lurk around the grocery stores. Like, you know, you come off the bike path mm-hmm. and they'll be just waiting there. Do hey! no, no, you know what you just did? And see, that's what that's what always pisses me off. Do you know how fast you were going? It's like, hey, Alex,
3: fucking Trebek, you're the one with the radar gun. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> it's entrapment. What you always say to that question is the speed limit.
0: Yeah. You know, I thought I was going uh-huh. the speed
3: limit. No, you were actually going sixty-five. Well, why the fuck did you ask me then? The speed, <laughs> you know? the speed limit, in Montana. I know. I was going the speed limit. You know that one road in Germany?
2: Yeah, the autobahn. Like the autobahn. Yeah, I was doing I'm going that the speed limit.
4: If you don't know, why'd you pull me over?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> what is the gun not
2: working? We're gonna, we're gonna guess a number now. No,
3: what they really want is entrapment because then you can, you can criminalize yourself and admit to the crime. Yeah. So whatever, I just oh. say the speed limit. Yeah. No, obviously, I've been pulled over a few times for speeding. It is an issue.
2: No, officer, I didn't have time to look at this phenomena because I was taking a huge bong head.
3: Yeah. <laughs> With all these drugs, I can't even see yeah. the speed limit. Fuck you to owe me. What the fuck do those numbers even <laughs> mean? You mean the RPM one or the other one? That damn thing's been broken for years. I, I, even I, know I couldn't tell you. what a kilometer you. is. Am I moving now? Yeah. <laughs> are you running beside the vehicle? Oh, God. What's wrong now? Yeah. Am I
2: moving off? Nimbly, <laughs> <Nibbly. pimbly.
3: laughs> Oh, man. So,
2: uh, have you gentlemen seen any uh, movies of note? Or? I saw
3: one movie of note that I, I loved called Warm Bodies. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes. Yes. So it's uh, we did a whole episode on our favorite zombie movies of all times. And this is a zombie movie. That's, it's a fresh zombie look. It's really interesting. It was fun. Uh, it was very light. It was a very light film. But uh, what it was was uh, about zombies who still have some brain activity and one zombie falls in love with a human, the mm-hmm. love that
4: shall not be spoken of. Is that that one we saw in previews? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Some guy that kind of. Trying to get out of the whole zombie thing. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't right. want to be a zombie, yeah. and his name is
3: R, and he falls in love with Julie, Romeo and Juliet. Gotcha, uh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the only movie I've seen by the director Jonathan uh, Levin or Levine, however you say his name. He also did Fifty Fifty and The Wackness. and mm-hmm. anyway, I just stumbled on this movie. He understands the genre. It's it's a definite. It's <clears> it's like a romantic comedy zombie film in mm-hmm. some ways it's very okay. like it stars uh in a in a very small role it stars um john malkovich awesome. and john malkovich cool. is the overbearing father and then you've got rob <laughs> cordry and i love rob cordry <laughs> yeah. rob
2: cordry
4: plays children's a zombie hospital children's hospital the daily which is, show
2: which is back on the air mm-hmm. um,
4: thank you hey um go, great great tour movie, did you see it in 3d no, I did not. Okay. Was it I, offered in 3D? I, I don't know. I'm, st- I'm still looking for the romantic comedy in 3D trend. Oh. I'm, I'm wondering when that's going to really take hold. You know, wow. I've been looking yeah, for some <laughs> 3D glasses. <laughs> I've been
2: It's looking just like for... so weird to even consider, but now I am.
3: <laughs> I don't know if anyone can help me, but uh, my, my daughter's convinced me to buy the film Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. Okay, but it's in, It's a really cool movie from the director Robert Rodriguez from Spy Kids or whatever. He's a great guy. It's a sure, great sure. kid film. But parts of it are in that blue and red 3D. Mm-hmm. We don't have any blue and red 3D glasses, and I can't find an art store in Madison that has acetate gels that I could even make my own 3D glasses. That's glass. got like, to be the something frick? you can
2: find. Where you gotta me? go.
3: You gotta go mail order. I'll have Lugle to on the internet. I'll google it. Lugle yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of Rob Corddry, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I won't <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I'm sure you mean Google, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um actually there was a I, I don't know if I mentioned this on another podcast or not, but there was uh a show on the b b c uh just this summer i believe that dealt uh, along the same lines that that um there you know was something that happened, the dead started to rise, and when they did rise, they you know were pretty vicious and and cannibals and everything but then the British government, with its socialized medicine actually um uh, <laughs> uh found a drug treatment. And so they didn't go back to looking completely normal. Like their skin was like super pale and their eyes were kind of like cat eyes mm. and everything. They're kind of veiny and they couldn't eat or anything because, you know, like their organs were all kind of, you know, dead and hmm. shit. Uh. And and so they, they kept calling them, you know, you, could, you couldn't call them uh, zombies. You had to call them uh, like the recently deceased.
3: You know, that's another thing that just kills me about movies like this. And they did it in Warm Bodies, too, where they refused to call them zombies. They called them like the dead or the the corpses they call them corpses right you know, the corpses are over there i'm like no they're fucking zombies and you know in yeah. every reality if someone rises from the dead and starts eating people's it's brains you're going to call them a fucking zombie but george romero started that and it just seems like everybody pays homage to that and even the walking dead for a while was calling them geeks and i'm like fuck that that's no, totally the wrong zombies. term there's not zombie zombie is a cool them.
4: word let's use yeah, it folks let's just use it. it let's not I'm be afraid of the z word okay z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's right
3: <laughs> it's like the The N word or the R word, you got the Z word. We should be. I'm not even sure what it's saying. So everyone's going
2: to be saying it under their breath now because they forget what that means. (laughs) He's a zombie. Do you mean? (laughs) Oh, okay. So uh, there's a new Doctor Who. There is. Uh, There was a. We didn't talk about that at
3: all in the last episode.
2: There, there was. uh, um, I'm totally blanking on like a like a panel or they they had this this show where they were. You know, kind of had everyone come out and say, "Oh yeah, Matt Smith is sneppy, stepping down as right, he lead doctor. Here is a new guy who's going to be." So he'll it be was live live cast all around. It the was live cast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'm sorry to see Matt Smith go, but yeah, let's see what this guy's got, and you know, we'll kind of
3: go from there. I think David Tennant felt for me like the pinnacle, and I liked Matt Smith. I mean, I always. I don't know. I I think it'll be fine. Um, Then you
2: should watch Broadchurch on BBC.
3: I'll have to check that out. I I think the Viking Princess saw him Mm -hmm. in another romantic comedy that she loved, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was something about a wedding. It's interesting in
2: Broadchurch, (laughs) he just speaks in his native Scottish accent. Uh. And it's just like, okay, can someone please subtitle this? Because I have no idea (laughs) what 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 he's talking
3: about anymore. Well, yeah, I I think it'll be exciting. I wish that they'd get more episodes sooner. I'm looking forward to.
2: Oh, and. My favorite Western series, Hell on Wheels, is back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, my God. It's so awesome. They have so many. So they kind of almost did a reboot because they like sort of killed off a lot of characters, or at least you thought so. Mm-hmm. But now they have even newer, more psycho characters. And it's like the the whole dynamic of the show has changed, and mm. it's just so... Fabulous! I just I love that, and of course, last season of Dexter, last season of Burn Notice.
3: I'm watching the last season of uh, Breaking Bad. I mean, I'm all, oh, caught, I'm
2: all caught up. That is so awesome, and, and
3: I'm yeah, I'm just yeah. really Bad excited is, about Breaking is, if Bad. If you
2: have not seen this series, stream it go from one it it takes a while to to kind of pick Mm -hmm. up but hey so did game of thrones right
3: yeah and it's it's ramping up really well and there's only a few episodes left and it's it's playing out the story i think in a really interesting way and i love vince gilligan i think he's a fantastic writer and he's got a cool last name
2: well i mean (laughs) it's it's just nice to know that there are there are still some venues in american television where they actually hire writers Mm -hmm. and there's actually something about Mm -hmm. You know this show, whereas it's like, hey, look, Tickle
4: got his own series. Mm-hmm. You know, from and
2: and Hillbilly Hand Fishing too, and. I just no, Yeah, what on. the hell
4: is that God Guns and Automobiles or whatever it is? What's well, in
2: taxes? Okay, already yeah. I'm flipping the dial. Yeah,
4: I haven't yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched stuff. it yet, but it's Okay, like, there's no dial and
2: I'm not flipping it. But, but I got to say yeah. Vince Gilligan got his
3: start on the X-Files and yeah. so I mean That guy's been around a while and and knows how to write a really good tense show.
2: Hey, can you guys just uh, go on with the show? I've got to get a cocktail. <laughs>
3: I got one more but first, though, before we move on. All right, go. I think we need to just, just take a moment of silence because Star Wars cinematographer Gilbert Taylor died at the age of 99. Wow. So he worked on Dr. Strangelove, which is a Stanley Kubrick film that we love. Yeah,
4: classic. Great cinematography on that. Great one. cinematography yeah. on that. And uh, he uh-huh. also worked
3: on A Hard Day's Night. And we were just talking about Paul McCartney's Hoffner. But, uh, yeah, he worked on A Hard Man. Day's Night. So the guy's been around forever, and... Yeah, he he has a legacy of some really great work. I just thought I'd mention it because that was in the news feed today. So Gilbert wow. Taylor, rest in peace.
2: You know, yeah. s- speaking of the Beatles movies at the drive-in, there was a drive-in in Portage that's now occupied by a huge coal-fired plant, uh, power plant, but it used to be the
4: 5116 drive-in. Cuz it's where They in 16, Matt. Whoa! Most most of them were named, uh, yeah. Starlight or something, yeah. Yeah. I saw Star Wars for the second time at, I think, the Highway 13 drive-in.
2: Actually, when uh, uh, Mrs. Sputnik and I were were up in Door County recently, Mm -hmm. uh, for, for our listeners, that's the thumb in Wisconsin.
3: We can't be a mitten. Michigan won't let us do that.
2: Fuck Michigan. No, Michigan. Michigan
3: wishes. Michigan they were has us. a strict mitten oh, policy. They yeah. are the mitten state. Yeah, we're not allowed to be hand shaped at
2: all. I got two words about Michigan. Yeah, kid rock. Suck my Florida.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they like the Packers in the UP. So. Well, okay, Some fine. Of them. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I'm just saying, like, you know. UP's like practically Wisconsin in <laughs> first some time, ways.
2: Long time listener, yeah. <laughs> first time caller, this is Shirley from Hurley. Shirley <laughs> from
4: Hurley's Wisconsin. Yeah. I it's know. right on the border. Yeah. yeah. And then if you take a oh, wrong yeah. turn, you're in like Iron River or something. Like on Ironwood. Ironwood, right. yeah. Am yeah. I still in Wisconsin? Well, no. in fact, it's if if a cop starts trailing you in in one jurisdiction, you just drive to the other and they, <laughs> they stop at the border. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If if your house has got a huge LP <laughs> gas tank by it. You're in Michigan. <laughs> You're in the U in
4: Michigan.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on my own. But so, did we even uh, ever say what our topic is today?
2: No, we did. But uh, <laughs> goddammit, I'm not finished. Okay. okay. Uh, so <laughs> but at, first. At the 5116 drive-in, they, they would do these Dust till dawn showings, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. like a great excuse because you you like load into a van with your dark. buddies. Yeah. <laughs> And and it was excuse you could be out literally all night doing all kinds of shit and your parents are like oh you'd be at the drive-in okay that's fine (laughs) you know you know you're like dropping acid and you know doing all kinds of manner of weird shit and and they kept the snack bar open all night that was so cool wow I mean get having a snack a drive-in pizzas. snack bar pizza at four in the morning mm-hmm. there is no other experience like that
3: they're pretty strict about carry-ins at the highway 18 drive-in so <laughs> you
2: gotta you gotta <laughs> watch your
1: and you carry the,
2: and those 20 guys in your truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i could
3: get 20 guys in that back of that <laughs> view right. that would be no problem <laughs> my kids ages are always a little bit low <laughs> No, <laughs> oh, she's almost two and a half. <laughs> I'm 12, Dad. No, <laughs> two and a half. Why do you make me wear really these Dr. Dentons? Why am I wearing diapers? She's just going to nap in money. the
4: back. She's not even going to watch the movie, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah.
3: So so one,
2: one of the Just Tell Dawn showings they had was they had all the Beatles movies back to oh, back. So nice. they had like a hard day, starting with a hard day's night, oh, and cool. and going uh-huh. to like kill Yellow submarine and help and and that was cool to watch. You know, you just kind of got into the whole, you know, aren't they zany? And then at the end, it's the Ruttles. <laughs> The Ruttles, I Ruttles. wish.
3: Yeah. All you need is cash. I love the Ruttles. Uh, and yeah. The, and the, that was a labor of love. That guy really wanted to make that movie. And Paul McCartney didn't want to do it. He's like, nah, I don't want you to do that film. So you got talked into it.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, when Mrs. Sputnik and I were up in Door County, we noticed that in Egg Harbor they had a drive-in, a functioning drive-in, and they had World War Z playing. So we just like jackknifed uh, the car and went right in. I want to see
3: that so bad. Watch it. I'm hoping it comes out.
2: It's much better to drive in.
3: On DVD soon.
2: I, that's all i'm going to say so well, good day. I, i'm assuming
3: if i watch world war z at uh you know on my tv yeah you know on my big giant tv screen yeah. flat screen at home i'm gonna notice all the digital effects i'm gonna notice the wave of zombies looks incredibly fakie hey you know
2: speaking of large screen tvs i'm gonna do an old guy rant uh-huh. okay so you mentioned like the students are back right yes so like the a, millennials are moving the millennials are in. everywhere <laughs>
3: They're being all happy, (laughs) ruining it for us Gen Xers. Social networking, and And, (laughs) motherfuckers. We want to listen to Dinosaur Jr. And they're all like, I'm happy and rich. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. That's my old guy rant. So like a
2: dumbass, you know, of course, I'm totally oblivious (laughs) to, you know, like the students coming back. And I go in for like some insignificant article at Target. And it is packed with all, all the these parents. Talk about zombies. Mom, dad, and then, you know, junior. You want a lava lamp?
3: You want a lava lamp? Yeah. You want a lava, lava lamp? <laughs> you have a lava lamp in your Oh, I, I like these hangers. These are nice. Oh, this is going to hold my laundry. <laughs> so,
2: so anyways, I mean, I can remember back in the day when, when I was in college, when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. You had to, you know, like, you were lucky if you knew someone on the floor who had, like, a little portable mm-hmm. that you could watch TV on. Mm-hmm. You yeah. all these fucking pukes <laughs> are talking mom and dad <laughs> into buying, you know, the big flat panels for them. And it's like, you
4: little yeah. sons of hey, bitches. my college dorm room TV... Uh, our TV, it actually belonged to my roommate, was just as like 19 inch black and white TV with mm-hmm. vacuum tubes. And, sure. And wow.
2: <laughs> change the channel, flip yeah, the dial. It, it
4: took like 30 minutes to warm up. Before oh, yeah. that, it, it would The tubes it, it would, had to warm it up? It would just flip. So mm-hmm. you could hear the sound, but the picture would just flipped. <laughs> and of course, the knob is gone. So we had to use the pliers right. to Vertical turn the change. Oh, there's a pair of pliers. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. alternate handle yeah, on every yeah. old TV. Yeah. I mean, now that. Vice grips. That was the dorm room TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then these are it's like, oh, yeah. It's a, I don't know. The 32 is <laughs> nice, but I kind of like the
3: 47.
2: It's like, oh, I. Oh, the back of my hand <laughs> just ached. I <laughs> wanted to backhand 47. somebody. <laughs>
3: uh, My college roommate and I planned our, our loft beds together, so my loft bed was designed to put something underneath it, and I would sleep up on the loft, and his loft bed was designed to have a shelf for TV and all that stuff, Yeah, and he'd sleep under it, so we had it all set up so we'd put a couch under me and look up and watch TV above where he would sleep. It worked out perfect. We were sounds very good. happy.
2: A little gay, but it sounds nice. We
3: were a little gay. <laughs> there was yeah. a little experimentation. No, there wasn't. It was college. <laughs> I was a little confused. I was a little confused. <laughs> yeah. Lessons were learned. Valuable lessons. That I carry with me to this day. <laughs> no, I think our most uncomfortable moment was watching movies like Life Force and going,
1: whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. We were kind of boring. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to rewind her to that
3: one part That I really liked uh, (laughs) Where she was really naked (laughs) Not just a body (laughs) suit But really naked (sighs) I'll put something on the doorknob Don't don't come in (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway Okay Are you done yet or no? No. <laughs> what are you saying? Are you through? Are you through? <laughs> are we done bashing millennials?
2: Yes, we are done. All new
3: college students coming to Madison. We've not and completely erased podcast. any hope
2: we will become You'll next never listen to us anymore. most favorite podcast. <laughs> you know, most people <laughs> like For us, but
3: they don't agree with us. That's the uh, deal. Whatever. Yeah. Just the
2: libertarians. And libertarians. not all of them, actually. I-,
3: I like some of the libertarians. I do, too. I like myself here and there. Are you, do, would
2: you describe yourself as libertarian?
3: At this point, probably, because the Democratic Party is so damn disgusting.
2: Let me ask you this, Victor. Have you <laughs> ever seen a grown Just man naked? naked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a cockpit?
2: <laughs> do you like movies about gladiators?
3: <laughs> Looks like I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, our topic... Is Huey Pierce Long the kingfish? And I know our listeners are saying, uh, what the hell is a kingfish? What the hell is that? Look, this is one of these type of people that could have only existed in the 1920s and the 1930s during The the depression, the new deal. And thank God he did. And thank God he did. No, he's, but he's one of these people where, you know, you could say, oh, does he belong in the Tank Riot douchebag gallery? Does, is he
3: like a good guy? Well, you decide. I think at the time people were really decided. They either loved him or they absolutely hated him and wanted him dead. (laughs) I would say that most
2: people. Favored mm-hmm. Huey Long, but again, yeah. I think you 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 have to you have to take Huey Pierce Long, who was the governor of Louisiana and also the senator uh, of Louisiana, mm-hmm. and was assassinated in Louisiana in Louisiana, yes. yeah, buried in Louisiana, somewhat mysterious.
1: <laughs>
4: there
2: could be a conspiracy. Yeah. There could, you know, actually, yeah, this one could be in one in one of our conspiracy shows. Quite honestly, so we'll just leave that as a tickle. <laughs> right. But um, just to give a little context before we kind of get into the biostats and everything of Huey Long. okay, In post-World War I, yeah, the country was in kind of a boom period, but it's not the way that that people kind of, you know, the movies and so forth kind of portray it. You did have prohibition going on. You had a lot of gangsterism. You had a lot of, you know, violent crime. You had a lot of weird stuff going on. You had a lot of war veterans that were coming back with the same problems that they have to this day, but... They didn't have a name for it and they certainly didn't have any treatment for it. So, mm. you know, it yeah. was it was a, a very weird period of time. Of course, at the end of that decade with the Great Depression, I, I don't think you could possibly overemphasize what a huge impact the Great Depression was on America, you know, if not the world. Mm-hmm. But but it's certainly in America where we were making this transition from this very rural country to a very urban country and we were definitely becoming a world military power we were very
3: isolationist before and right but mm-hmm. and so this was kind of like our debut and um a lot of things revolved around our, our non-interventionist policies yes. of, of trying not to get involved in world war one even in the beginning and Huey long was around for some of that um, that's right but, and, so, and supported mm-hmm. some anti-war mm-hmm. um traitors <laughs> right <laughs> it's just interesting interesting time
2: well but the thing with the great depression is is that uh you know it was very devastating. I mean you know people think oh well yeah it was this and you know brother can you spare a dime and and all that but I mean the country literally was broke. You know the the money
4: was yeah. there was or most
2: of the country. Most of the country <laughs> was broke. Yes, <laughs> not the Prescott bushes and so forth but yeah, yes well yeah. that's an, that's another podcast. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. But Did you we already do a douchebag uh podcast on on the bushes. robber barons, actually, yeah, we did the robber barons. We did yeah. a you, robber you baron could, show. You
2: could honestly do an entire <laughs> douchebag podcast on the Prescott Bushes,
3: sure. And I don't think they oh, yeah. even got a good mention in our robber baron podcast.
2: No, well, yeah, they're, they're kind of they're like usually later. when you when you, you use the term robber baron, it's more 19th century, right. kind of early 20th. Yeah, right? Yeah, was a heyday where the, the Prescott Bushes were kind of more they're more
4: like bootleggers, right. Uh, no, no, no? Uh,
2: you're thinking of the Kennedys. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the other great American family. Some other, yeah. Yeah, you know, point to a fortune that began cleanly and I'll kiss your ass. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, uh, with with the Great Depression, you know, literally there, there were no jobs, there was no money, things were just... In a complete state of flux and things that were enacted under the New Deal and politicians and well, you name it, that if you looked at them now, you go, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, people actually did this in America. And, you know, now, I mean, let's be honest, the the Tea Party and the neocons and the conservatives and the Republicans in general have spent the last few decades trying to undo everything that the New Deal put in place. Yeah. You know, and I mean because there was there was literally no previous to the New Deal, there was no social safety
3: net. Well really that's socialism.
2: Not. It is socialism. <laughs> and when we go into Huey Long and the things, his Share Our Wealth program,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's really fascinating because if if a person like this existed now in the American political spectrum, he would be labeled
4: a communist, a red, a socialist. Well, he I mean, was labeled a socialist back then, but he he denied it. Yes, he, he did. He was like, No, no, I'm just Optimizing capitalism or he said yeah, something well, like yeah, that. I'm yeah, I'm
3: fine tuning it. That's <laughs> yeah. the other thing about Huey Long is that he's a fantastic politician and a fantastic salesman. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it gets to the core of you know what, what he really cared about, but that man could sell. You well, know.
2: I think also in this period of time, you also have to see that the, this was a period where you had these kind of um, giant Godzilla like figures. Like, you know, Mussolini and Hitler and FDR and Huey Long and Stalin mm-hmm. and, you know, all these people that, yeah, you could you could argue with any one of them. Well, did they really believe that or was it just expedient at the time? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter because history is always
4: more than a little myopic and, mm-hmm.
2: you know, so. Well, it
4: just comes down to what got done. What you That's know, exactly right. Yeah.
2: I'm sure I am sure history will probably treat Stalin a lot better than I mean there are still Russians that are alive today that look at that as the golden oh, years. There
4: are,
3: there are, you yes. They're actually yeah, I think Vladimir Putin might be one of them. Oh yeah. And yeah. by the way, I'm worried about the Olympics happening in Russia. I mean, we talked in a couple podcasts ago about, you know, the anti gay agenda of the Russian government. It's pretty it's pretty sad and it's pretty scary.
2: Well, it's 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 hard to
3: I, I can't truly get a fix
2: on um Russian politics today because Putin, with his alliance with the Orthodox Church and the rebuilding of the churches and these very kind of strict conservative policies, honestly, it looks almost like the Romanovs. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost looks like a return to kind of a type of czarism, you know, czarism that, you know, because, yeah. you know, in, in uh, the Romanov period, the the Romanovs,
3: the, the royal family was part of the church. And, right. You Except know. it's smarter. I mean, the Romanovs had a lot of problems. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nicholas II really didn't right. want to be. But then, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to be. <laughs> <Right. Go> on, <laughs> but then, I, you know. <laughs> this I, guy's got a bad motivator. <laughs> all
4: right. I, I didn't look this up and research it, but it, it's my hunch that during the Soviet communist Russia period, yeah. that they were. Uh, not very lenient towards towards gays and right. all of well, them either neither were, I, we, I, neither were gonna... we back in the 1930s or 40s or are we or 50s, today really i mean right for for so, obama
2: to criticize russia for an anti-gay stance it's like are are we like okay with it because we all there's all the okay? a lot of states we just well, repealed
3: don't ask don't tell you know yeah, yeah we're, we're just we're taking just baby steps there. into being adults about this whole thing and, yeah. and right you know russia's very backwards at the moment i mean it, it is it, we're very different and I do think we're we're miles ahead of Russia, but I don't know. Uh, I think there's yeah. there's fear of Olympians and of fans being not. It, it's not that you have to be gay, but being pro gay can get you also arrested, right. And ejected from the country. And I mean, how many Olympians are going to face being ejected from the country, uh, you know, for a pro gay stance? And I
4: have a feeling a lot of them. Well, I, just, uh,
2: just look at our sister podcast, Pussy Riot. Yeah,
4: what they had to go through. Yeah, I would think. You know, the best response is for every Olympian Olympian to wear a little rainbow flag. That yeah, would be yeah. awesome, and, just say, and then okay. have them all get ejected from the Either we kick games them, when all out, wins them all out, or you're going to tolerate this. You know, you know yeah. that,
2: that, that the, the Russian Olympics could end up being a lot like you know the 1936 it Berlin be. Olympics. Yep, you know, it, it could like, be. Ooh, I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, this could be really a, <laughs> right. a, a
4: rough, crazy. Time. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, a, a gay person will probably win gold in something. Yeah, uh, and uh, it'll be the gay Jesse I mean, Owens. Saying, yeah, exactly. Just
3: throwing it out there. Probably women's basketball, maybe. I'm, yeah, I'm, just I'm guessing. Putting it out there. I
2: Food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a phrase that's thrown around in our meetings a lot lately. Food for like, thought. Eh, food for thought. Someone will say the most outrageous shit and then say, food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I think I'm going to refuse that buffet if food you don't thought. mind.
3: We're <laughs> we on the same page. We're we on the same page. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> Food Long. Food <laughs> so Huey Long
2: is 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 I think in this pantheon of people that existed in the 20s mm. and the 30s who were these, you know, real giants, these people that you could say, well, yeah, did they really believe that or not? But they did. There's like this checklist of things
4: like, OK, did this, did this, did this, did this and also did this and this and this. Yeah. You know, you can decide. But, uh, yeah, Huey Long kind of, he came up at the same time, not necessarily after <laughs> these guys. So it's not like he was no. following in their footsteps. He no, was like no, no, no. one of them right He was right born there. in
3: 1893, yeah. right? Right. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: but So I think that's a probably a good lead in to, to do more of his bio because you yeah. can see that even from an early age on, this guy was a go-getter. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. He had huge clanking brass sparking balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yes. And his family would talk about
4: how he would never shut up, you
1: know? Oh, yeah. I have no doubt that's probably <laughs> true,
3: oh, <yeah>. you
4: know? <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, he was in some ways probably one of the most annoying kids in school. So, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but
2: he he did very well in school. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he, he was really smart. Did, he was not. An unintelligent person by any means. Mm-hmm. So I, I think so, I think there's this tendency to look at him like some of the portrayals you've seen of him in movies and so forth is that yeah he's just kind of you know
4: backwards, fast talking, slob kind of thing. Yeah, yeah but, but
2: he was not stupid. No, That's he, kind was, of the, he was
4: very. And some people thought he had a photographic memory, yes. which doesn't make you smart, but he was smart too. No question. It helps and, if you can remember everything you've read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You can get to it quicker. Yeah.
3: But uh, that's part of his charm is that you know he, he came from very simple upbringing and uh, was like a a, sale, a door-to-door salesman. And uh yeah. he went to Tulane, he got like a he got a law degree, he, a three year law degree in eight months, and so he yeah. advanced his way through it and by twenty one was a lawyer. I mean yeah. the guy was yeah. a brilliant go-getter. But um, but but he could but, he was so persuasive. Right. And what I wanted to point out is that he wear he always would wear these crazy clothes and, and this is later on when he's like more of in more he's of the governor. Kingfish. The kingfish. Yeah. So yeah. he would dress really um <laughs> Kind of silly, like clownish in ways, like very bright colors, non-matching, and and people made fun of him for doing that a little bit. But I think it was a game he was playing in that he was being super smart, and then he was dressing a little bit folksy-goofy, and then he would make fun of the rich people. And and even though he was the rich person, he would make fun of it in such a way that he was kind of winking to people – and right. so they they felt like in a weird way they could trust this guy because he understood the game that the guy was playing. I mean he was yeah. he was doing a lot of stuff.
2: Everything he did <laughs> was always very very much thought out in advance. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there were any accidents and right. anything that he right. did. But uh, he he was um, the seventh of of nine surviving children. Which you know when you see surviving, it's like <laughs> oh really? I'm I'm that seven out of.
4: How many tries? Yeah. yeah.
3: I am mean, <laughs> you into this world, I can take you out. Like your sister, so, Pam. <laughs> seven took her son out. of a seven son.
4: <laughs> At that time, there there was very little uh, formal medical care in Louisiana, exactly. which is one of the things Huey Long changed mm-hmm. as being governor. Well, and, th- and that's an and
2: important had, point, Tor, is is yeah. that Louisiana in, in the 20s, in the early 20th century, uh, was, was a lot like Wisconsin, maybe a decade or so earlier, where
4: there was yeah. Not
2: a lot of public education. Not a lot of of paved roads. Yeah, I think just mud ca- yeah. ca-
4: mud, cow paths. and yeah. And um, as a door door
3: salesman, he saw that <laughs> he saw a lot oh, of bad yeah. roadway. Yeah. And, and yeah. when he took when he took office, uh, at the time he took office, I read there were uh, three hundred and thirty one miles of paved roads in Louisiana. That was it. Three hundred and thirty miles. Yeah, now you
2: think of that in a whole state.
3: (laughs) In a whole state, that's all you get. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, maybe in England that'd be a big deal because that could probably stretch from tip to (laughs) tip. But But you know, here in America,
4: be a a few hundred miles. (laughs) Here in America. Here in America. America. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And kind of another point on the bio is uh, he actually won a debating scholarship to Louisiana State University, so he had you know paid tuition to go to university. But he was unable to f- afford the textbooks, so right, he, so he didn't go. Jeez. And uh, but and, that was one of his later programs, exactly. Textbooks, exactly. Three textbooks for everyone. The so whole you, idea, yeah, yeah. You go can ahead. totally see where uh, the life experiences, oh, yes. go into his later career.
2: And I just, I have to mention this part though. In in 1908, when he uh, finished uh, the 11th grade or uh, grade 11, as Ricky would say. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> got this education turned up to eleven. Yeah,
2: he said, um, uh, long, long uh, put a petition around his his high school said that uh, you know the addition of a twelfth grade graduation requirement uh, is you know just bullshit. Yeah. You know, so essentially, he was trying to say, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm good to go now. Yeah. And they expelled his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, holy Christ! And in eleventh grade, it's like just saying like. No, I, I think I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, he he uh, married Rose McConnell, and they had a daughter named Rose and two sons, Russell, who was uh, later a seven-term U.S. senator.
4: Mm-hmm. Both and sons were named Russell? Her... Russell Long. Oh, I thought you said he had two, no, son, no, yeah, two, two sons son. name, named name Russell. I'm going to you Russell, and
2: you're, you're going to be Russell Jr. You're going to be Texas Ranger. Ranger. Walker, Texas Ranger. I will come at you
3: like a spider monkey.
2: Oh. And you know when you say that, you get a mental image of a spider oh monkey God. like coming at you oh. with those huge break
3: arms. It's one of my you know favorite I love movies of all time. I know. I was just thinking about that when we... Uh, I was going to send an email to... Uh, no, I was going to send a Twitter oh. to, to Arts Extract... You know, you know, because they were very Just nice. Them. They were very nice. They were like, you know, congrats, congrats on being number one. Fuck you. And I was gonna say, you're either first or last. <laughs> Because of the the Talladega Nights, you know? Sure. Oh, no. Or uh, Red Burgundy. I never would have said that. That's, you could be second, you could be third, or even fifth place. First or last. Oh, God, that was the funniest part of H-H-L-6. that Hey, Channel 6, how does it feel to be number two <laughs> in San Diego?
4: <laughs> Stay classy, San Diego. All right, Huey Long's second son was actually named Palmer.
2: I know, I was getting to that door. God that? damn it. Come I, I, I did see I... two sons named Russell. <laughs>
4: hey, I, It's Russell? not like a George Foreman thing yeah, where they're right, all right, the named George. The, just Tell my, you know, uh, pro-Tor smart thing. I'm interrupting you and then correcting you before you get to say it right Tor the Tor made time. one mistake in the last podcast. Oh, God. And he we'll be fixing that covering, later. He's just covering everything.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So, so he ran a private practice for a while and he did get involved in politics and supported other people's runs like uh, S.J. Harper, you know, after the war. So he, he was involved in politics and saw that as a really good way to get more power.
2: Right, but I mean, before that, yeah. he was a traveling salesman. he right. sold, sold yeah. Coddleene, yeah, which was kind of like it was a vegetable shortening. You know, it's kinda, we we call him Crisco because he's fat in the can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: but I mean, there's so much similarity between a good salesman and a good politician. Oh, I mean, I would I look,
2: say there's no line there at all. Look at I, Obama, I get the feeling everyone.
4: that you know, if this guy, as a salesman selling Coddleene, came to your door. You're buying a crate of it whether you need it or not. Yeah, no yeah.
2: shit. How would you love that? Yeah, he's like go yeah. to a home and it's like, you're Huey Long, right? Why come on in? <laughs> no, but have you a see, lemonade.
4: Yeah, no. See, when he, when he was doing that though, he wasn't Huey Long. He was just another guy it, I, I selling betcha, stuff. I but this dude but was always Huey his Long. charisma no, no. was at eleven. That's that's what I mean. His charisma was so uh, amped up that you would have yeah. just bought the stuff. You know not not out of name recognition right. but yeah. just because he would have been right there selling it you Plus, know what i mean if your he first would've...
2: name is huey you got to be fucking weird you yeah. got to be yeah. out there
1: you can't yeah. you can't you
2: can't be just like uh yeah my name's huey no you can be like
3: i'm huey and there's there's <laughs> right. a, there's footage of his speeches you can go watch him gesticulate yeah. but if you ever watch him talk about the only difference between the democratic party and the republican party is one's low what is it the the high papalorus and one is the low papaloris. <laughs> and the high papalorus, they strip the bark from the top down. And the low papaloris, they strip the bark from the top up or bottom yeah. up and, and, and he's waving these tiny little baby I hands know, around. I yeah.
2: yeah. I know. He's like watching Babe Ruth run around base. I know. It's like, like, tiny oh. little, little legs.
3: <laughs> Holy <laughs> men. <laughs> this guy's really something. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, he, these <laughs> screeds he would throw out, and he was oh. so good at, like, tearing everybody yeah. apart. Oh, yeah. And he'd rip them up. And, oh, you never wanted exists. to debate no, him Long. No. no. And his speeches were – and we can get to it later, but when he, when he was governor, his speeches were just long and intense and great. And yeah. they built brilliant, brilliant orator, probably one of our best in American politics. That's right. I yeah. always I always think of Bill Clinton as such a great orator, but in some ways, Huey Long was even a little bit better because oh,
2: Huey Long was yeah. more dynamic and more crazy. You can't put them in the same class. Yeah. You literally can't. I don't. Oh think. yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill Clinton is kind of like
4: yeah. well, he was good going against you know George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, yeah, but who, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean
2: the bar set kind of low. Exactly. Thousand yeah. points a lie. We got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thirteenth. No all I can think of is David Carvey. You know, Carvey did do so well.
1: Uh, I
3: just want to say yeah. read
4: my lips. I mean, I, you know, Reagan was
3: yeah. a Reagan was a really good Republican orator, but God by the time you got to talking about the Romanovs, by the time you got to George Bush Jr. or whatever, yeah. and you're like, hey, I'm the decider. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's, I'm, it's look at these. It's, just, it's I'm, just Beavis and butthead at that I know. point. It's just so bad. <laughs> We're gonna score. <laughs> what I'm saying, yeah, there are some great orators and on both the left and the right. The Bush is were never <laughs> great orators. I don't know what they did. But, um... Oh, God.
2: Uh, so, so when Huey was, uh, was a lawyer, which again, he talked him into giving him the bar early and passed with flying yeah. colors, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he spent, he spent uh, 10 years representing small plaintiffs against large business, including work, workman comp- compensation cases. So, again, as you were saying earlier, Tor, life experience. He definitely. Yeah. He also claimed
3: it. he never would uh, yeah. took
4: a case against a poor man.
3: Right. Yep. He yeah, always represented absolutely. the underdog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And what what I found interesting about about Huey too is is when uh, in the beginning at the very beginning of his political career, and you have to remember this is Louisiana, so what is your big cash product? It is oil, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he took like this completely anti-oil you know stance. Yeah. From the get go, oh, yeah, and like this against was against shell ah mm-hmm. oh, uh, standard standard, yeah, which is
3: even
4: worse, uh-huh. is, you know like John's probably still alive, <laughs> you know, evil yeah. John, mm-hmm. but you know really, he wasn't against oil, he was no. against the big oil companies that that's were right. taking all the money out of Louisiana,
2: that's right you're you're taking all of our resources and you're putting all this concentrating all this money somewhere else. Yeah. Louisiana is still dirt poor and dirt Do, stupid. Right. Do yeah. either
3: of you guys have the quote from the speech that he gave, where he was saying that uh, you know the top five percent of the uh, economies uh, owned by the the top five percent of people own sixty percent of the wealth? Yeah, I'm like it's only gone downhill. From yeah. Well, yeah, to, no, it's kidding. kidding. It's, it's like, worse now. It's like if it's this, worse now. If
2: this guy were alive today, oh my and God. you know, you you'd have to say. Yeah, I think I'd maybe hand out a few flyers for him.
0: According to the tables which we have assembled, it is our estimate that 4% of the American people own 85% of the wealth of America, and that over 70% of the people of America don't own enough to pay the debts that they owe how many men ever went to a barbecue and would let one man take off the table what's intended for nine-tenths of the people to eat? The only way you'll ever be able to feed the balance of the people is to make that man come back and bring back some of that grub he ain't got no business with. Now, how are you going to feed the balance of the people? What's Morgan and Baruch and Rockefeller and Mellon going to do with all that grub? They can't eat it. They can't wear the clothes. They can't live in the house. Give them a yacht. Give them a palace. Send them to Reno and give them a new wife when they want it. That's what they want. But when they've got everything on the God's living earth that they can eat and they can wear and they can live in, and all that their children can live in and wear and eat and all their children's children can use, then we got to call Mr. Morgan and Mr. Mellon and Mr. Rockefeller back and say, Come back here. Put that stuff back on this table here that you took away from here that you don't need. Leave something else for the American people to consume. And that's the
3: problem. But I gotta say, if Huey would have survived, I mean, who knows what Huey would have actually done had he got his time. We could have had a third
2: political party.
3: I don't know. He could have he could have been a complete demagogue. I mean he could have gone
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, he could have gone total nutbag. Yeah. Oh Oh, that's I think that's a given actually. I mean, because
2: that's the thing is that is that you know, his rise to power there's actually a lot of good things to say about it. But even then, you can see these early
3: indications of like,
2: however, I will never forget your opposition and I will squash you later. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think this uh, is what
3: earned him a lot of hate from people yeah. that he worked with is that he would hold uh-huh. a grudge and he would destroy you if you got in his way. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. He, he wouldn't join well, you.
2: And flashing ahead to, you know, the conspiracy theory surrounding his assassination. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at, you know, Dr. Vice. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things there where you think, wow, this guy has literally spent years pissing off every huge moneyed interest mm-hmm. in the state, if not like the whole area. And then it's going to be like this mousy little guy with a 32 caliber pistol that's going to take him down. You know, I mean, he's almost like the original Lee Harvey Oswald. But, patsy. But, yeah, the son, the uh-huh. son in
3: law of a judge you know who had a good he had a good who
2: Huey was trying to out. who
3: Huey had been constantly warring with so yeah mm-hmm. i mean there's been a lot of uh, and and i think no one has been able to unearth anything more interesting than what we think are the facts of that case so anyway we can get to that as we yes, as we get yes. to it well, is very exciting. much
4: later it's on it's just a teaser that's just a taste
2: it, <laughs> it is a con- it is yeah. it's one of those Huey long's assassination definitely has a huge conspiracy mm-hmm. you know movement behind it too where it's like whoa you know but then the you know the damage done to his body vice I mean I'll just say this as a further <laughs> as a further teaser, all right, we're just gonna keep teasing
1: uh
2: yeah. so so I mean you know that was a, a fairly common caliber pistol back in the thirty two thirty two. Yeah. So think of it as yeah it's a little bigger than a twenty two and sure he was close enough to the guy and yeah medicine was not at its zenith back then and but they pull like over 60 bullets out of vice's body yeah they, you know, they yeah.
3: permanently damaged the building
2: right and now, and now and remember this is this is the huge louisiana governor's you know, a house that that
4: uh, was it. The governor's house or the state capitol? No,
2: I'm sorry. It was the state capital okay. that, that Huey wanted to build,
4: which that was did a, build
2: at, w- did build, and yeah. which was the tallest building in the South. Yeah, at that time, and it's this huge marble edifice. So it would be like in the state capitol in in Madison here. If you had, like, a whole bunch of guys whipping out forty fives and just firing. Well, yeah, there was a machine gun
3: fire. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, 60 bullets. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, yeah the I New think York you police? got them there, Tex. What yeah. is this, the New York police
1: <laughs> or something? <laughs> <laughs> what is this,
2: LAPD? What the fuck? <laughs> would have been one but we ran out of bullets. <laughs> Cop killer! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, we're flashing
3: a little bit ahead, but... So he ran for governor in
4: 1928. Well, just you know, before
2: that, when he got married,
4: when he got married, he 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 told his uh, a wife his plan. He said, "I'm going to get a." He says, "He uh, says Rose." Yeah, I'm I'm going to get a a a small time government position, and I'm then I'm going to be governor, then I'm going to be senator, then I'm going to be president. I think we like, do, he I had think it we all do, figured out.
2: But come on, guys, honestly, didn't we tell all our wives that same fucking story? And we we're just kind of stuck at the small.
3: <laughs>
4: I'm going to get a job. <laughs> job. I'm
3: going to get a job in government, and I'm going to stay there for the rest yeah. of my life and die.
2: I would like to be Senator Sputnik. <laughs> How does that sound to you, honey? Yeah, that's right. My name is Sputnik. Look you, it up.
3: You can have this for eternity. <laughs> till death do us part. Who is buried <laughs> Go- in Grant's yeah. tomb? I will have a small government job till death.
2: <laughs> no, but you're right, and I'll mean, get fatter some... and uglier.
4: Yeah, he I <laughs> get it older. Out. It'll be awesome. So yeah, my point is, he had a plan. He, he did. did. It. Yeah. he's a man with a plan. And, and I think all I told my wife was like, "Okay, you ready for a wild ride?" All right, here we go. Shit's gonna happen. (laughs) Yeah, there's gonna be
2: some stuff. It's gonna be hard to explain. Yeah, there's gonna be some lost UFO abductee time. Yeah, I said to my wife. I said to my wife. I says,
1: "This is gonna be
3: some hard cheese ahead." (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Wisconsin. (laughs) Going
2: to scotty Nation. I think it was Lou Reed who once said, "It takes a busload of faith to get by."
3: So, so uh, the other thing, he wasn't a good family man. He wasn't a good dad. He he knew his Get allegiance was to the capital <laughs> and uh, his aspirations. <laughs> a type and, A personality like this, not a good. And dude. his wife totally knew that. You
2: know, Victor. Now answer me this. Mm-hmm. Tell me this. Sidebar. Mm-hmm. Are you are you going? Do you have any plans to go to the theater and see Jobs with Ashton Kutcher? No. Thank you. You know, thank my you. My
3: main my main beef with the movie is the portrayal of Waz. Because I'm a huge Waz fan. Your
2: only, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's,
3: it's my biggest beef. They amalgamated the parts, and I've read enough about it where I'm I'm really annoyed with how they portrayed Waz. I'm no. I have got no beef with the actor who portrays Waz, except he doesn't look anything like Waz did at the time. I, I
4: mean, you, you have to understand, folks. We record um, Tank Riot <laughs> on a bear-wolf cluster of Apple II uh, e computers. Yes. Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, but but I mean, okay. we have a lot. We have a cool museum of old Apple computers. Uh, that's true. Here you, in the, do. Yes, you do. Yeah, do. So, Both are
2: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: I I am a huge fan of Apple. I mean, they're going to make uh, another film later on. I like Asht- Ashton Kutcher. Actually, what he did at the MTV. What do
2: you mean they're going to make another film later on? Like Atlas Shrugged Part Two. Yeah. they Well,
3: <laughs> this Jobs film was supposed to be like a TV movie that all of a sudden got oh, a lot of buzz ooh. after his death and became a movie movie. But but the the real rights to the novel written by the biographer about Steve Jobs is going to be uh, those rights are held by a different company that's going to make a different film, a film mm-hmm. film, not an Ashton Kutcher you know straight to right video film that was embellished into a regular film. I like Ashton Kutcher and I think he's a great actor. I think he's a great guy. I mean, come on, that seventy show we all love that show. He's from Iowa, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we don't love that. Part about it. No, him. we don't. Why, why did you have to mention that? I was I, fine. I would slap him so hard. It does what it does. <laughs> no, but the you, trees all bend toward Iowa because it <laughs> sucks. No, no, you know it's so flat there. You can see your dog running away for two days. You can't shoot a gun in Iowa. You might kill someone three <laughs> counties over.
2: So, uh, speaking of weird portrayals, uh you know that movie with Forrest Whitaker, the Butler. Mm-hmm. So you know, like he's just butlered right. all these presidents. <laughs> you know who they have playing Dwight Eisenhower? Mm. Robin Williams. Wow! No way. Fuck. That's like Bill Murray doing no the FDR. You no know? shit, Robin <laughs> Williams wow. as Eisenhower.
3: And uh, does you he know, play he, it straight. Does he dance around and hold cups in front of his penis?
1: <laughs> hey, this is amazing! Look
2: you know, who plays Nancy Reagan? Jane Fonda. Wow! All right, huh.
3: check it out. Hanley Jane. And I I know. I know. That's just so bizarre. No,
4: that's acting. Yeah. <laughs> I am an actor. <laughs> but then
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is so weird. I I probably rent it. Just but then they have this guy playing Jack Kennedy. Uh huh. And you know, you see him in the trailer, and he goes, "You, <laughs> you have changed my heart." <laughs> <laughs> There's a car in a garage. <laughs> it's called Chowda. Say it, Chowda. <laughs>
3: wow. Uh, I have no love for the Kennedys. Does that come through yet? <laughs> I think so. I think we're, I think we're good. Uh, in another strange acting uh, casting news. You know who's going to play Ultron in Avengers 2? No, Who? James Spader.
2: What the? What? Excuse me? <laughs> Baking powder? Baking <laughs> powder?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure it's going to be CGI somehow. Maybe he's just doing the voice or something. Well,
2: what do you think about Ben Affleck as
3: Batman? Well, it's it's fine. What? Whatever. No, it's not fine. What are they going to do? What do you mean? I mean, who who are they going to get to be bat? I mean, wh- well, his chin kind of fits me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available. Hello. <laughs> But I've heard all the Matt Damon as Robin jokes and everything like that. But um honestly it's it's fine. You know, I think William Shatner actually sent a, a Twitter message to Ben Affleck saying, If you need an Alfred, let me know.
1: Wow. <laughs> no, oh, that'd nice. be a trick. No,
3: that's yeah. a dig. That's nice. pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, cool beans. But yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Um the other thing I heard is uh the the casting of Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor. I mean, oh. Brian just fielded the question, and was like, "Yeah, I, I'd give me a call. I'd love to be Lex Luthor." And, as, and then as long the, as
2: he just put on a pork pie hat. Well, and...
3: someone ran with it, and they're like, "He's been cast for eight movies as Lex Luthor," and and all the eight news media, oh. eight movies, Come all on. the news media has picked it up and reported it as true. Uh. So Brian Cranston hasn't been hired as Lex Luthor yet, but he'd be great. You know, he'd oh, be he great. would be awesome. And they a lot better out,
2: than Kevin Spacey.
3: And I've never seen Lex Luthor in his underwear, but they got to figure it out. And then, There'll oh, be a scene in Tidy White. He's going to be Tidy White. Yeah. yeah, because that is yeah. his. Yeah. Not Boxers, not Heisenberg, but no, Tidy, no, Whitey, no. Tidy Whitey. No, 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 Tidy Whitey's. Malcolm in the Middle kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Tor, I not know what we're even talking I'm, about I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm
4: lost. I'm thinking Victor actually did have some experimentation in college. <laughs> Tor, you must have watched Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yes. Okay. Do
2: you remember this one episode where, like, the, the mother who is from Scandinavia Nation? She by is. The way, yes. Yes. Another famous act actress from Wisconsin is if you remember
4: the uh, the West Wing guy <laughs> No not the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it but he's married he's married like to the to guy? Malcolm and the, well, No to- wait that's Tony a different forget it Rebay. I'm thinking of Or am I thinking of the, I don't know
2: But but I was thinking of um oh the guy who's on the prices right now uh, Drew Carey Drew Carey yeah, the, the the woman who played his nemesis, who was oh, head yeah. on eye makeup. Oh, yeah, she's from Stevens Point. Awesome. Right.
4: Which, if you've been to Stevens Point, you would understand. Yeah, oh,
2: like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just
4: one left. The yeah, one left yeah. the city. Okay. <laughs> she was also on. My name is Earl.
3: So the main point <laughs> is Brian Cranston from from Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. He's always in his underwear. They figure out a way to have him hang out in his underwear. Right. That's why I was joking that Lex Luthor would probably be in his own But life. where I
2: was going was there was an episode <laughs> where the mother was gone for the weekend. <laughs> and and Malcolm was in the advanced class. And he was with yeah. all of his buddies. And they, they had to build a robot. Right. And it was going to be just like a simple robot – but, like, the dad, without yeah. the mom's influence, just, like, went nuts. <laughs> and he kept calling in sick to work, and he's, like, smoking cigarettes, and he's calling in sick. He's like, yeah, I feel like shit. I'm not coming in, you know? And he's standing there in tidy right. whitey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's always wearing his underwear. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like but, in uh, the first episode of Malcolm in the Middle, he's standing there with a newspaper, and he's, like, completely naked, and his wife is, like, shaving, shaving. him. Yeah. Harold, yeah, you're yeah. like an ape. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like a monkey. Yeah, I
4: think he ends up building a robot with what chainsaws and flamethrowers. Oh yeah, it becomes and, like yeah, this totally yeah. robot war. Uh-huh. No, he did yeah. it all
3: himself. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but, but he does. He does it on Breaking Bad too. It's like his trademark. It's like, oh no, uh, we're, uh, yeah.
3: He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. He is. I love. He's funny. I would mm-hmm. love to know him. Mm-hmm. He's well. Yeah, fabulous. yeah. I've heard some interviews with him. He's, he's a very good guy.
2: Fuck. I hope we haven't strayed too far from the topic. Well, what was the what, topic? That's
4: what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with... So let's see What was it? Oh he was elected The Louisiana Railroad Commission At the age of 25 Yeah now think of that shit <laughs> Because, I mean, the railroad was king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
2: know, I mean, if you if you could pull that shit off.
4: And he did it on an anti-standard oil. Yeah, that, yeah! Would, that would give him the power uh, no to be kidding. anti-standard oil. Yeah, no and kidding. guess how oil was probably transported back then. Yeah. By rail car. It's like, yeah. well, one hand washes the other, as we say. Yeah.
2: I'm just We're just going to keep getting like, Colonel Sanders all <laughs> uh, night. Thurston Hall. <laughs> Thurston, lovey. lovey yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gilligan, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved it when Gilligan had the coconut car and he would drive (laughs) him around. God, I used to piss myself (laughs) laughing. Flintstones coconut car. Thurston and Lovey, they did what I would have done on Gilligan's Island. It's like, yeah, we're probably not going to get off, but it's really nice. And we got food and we're actually pretty good. So we've got the smart guy who can figure shit out. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, just going to dick around. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Listen to the radio every now and again. (laughs) (laughs) The eighth member of the island. Voice on the radio. (laughs) radio. (laughs) Today there'll be a missile (laughs) downrange test. Well, that's right here. (laughs) By my calculation, spies from Japan have been. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's like, you know where the fucking island is, Professor.
3: (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Anywho. I tried to get to the governorship, but you guys would not have it, so I'm willing to stall.
2: Well, so when he was on the commission, though, he, again, you know, opposed large oil, and mm-hmm. he campaigned, in, in 1920, he campaigned, fuck, you know, all right, I've been drinking, he you can't, know?
4: He campaigned. He champagned. Yeah, Did here Did he go. complain?
2: No, he campaigned. He campaigned. I need some bananas for my cereal. Uh, he campaigned prominently for John M. Parker, who is was, who was, uh, the father of Peter Parker. Yes leader was bitten by a rat. Well, he, and him. he
3: dies, and he has to be watched over by his uncle Ben. Oh, also a rice oh. magnate. A rice magnate. Hey, Come on, no spoilers. Because <laughs> <was like>, <laughs> with great power, right, in San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco
2: treat. He he later became a. Vo- and this is actually also <laughs> foreshadowing. So he campaigns heavily for this guy, this John Parker. Yep. But yeah. then he becomes a vocal opponent the minute this guy deviates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from when Huey Long feels. Is the way Uh to go. Calling him the chattel of the corporations. The chattel. You, sir, (laughs) do you smell that? That smells like mendacity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Tennessee Williams. Really? That's where we're going now?
3: Someone's got to do it. (laughs) Someone's on Wikipedia right now. Tennessee Williams. (laughs) It's like Indiana Jones,
4: but wrote more. Did less archaeology. Did did some shit. (laughs) <laughs> Anywho, so he first runs for governor in 1924. Yes, but he didn't win then, right? No. Well, no, but he yeah. was a, he was ta- again attacking Parker,
2: Standard Oil, and you know, really anybody <laughs> yeah. taking on all comers. You know, he, oh, but so, he was reelected to the Public Service Commission. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when he
3: began wearing the white linen suit white linen with a
2: wide lapel.
3: Yeah. I picture him as like uh the Joker from the first Batman movie. No shit. <laughs> no dressing no in those shit. kind of suits. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> it's like wow, uh-huh. you so I mean, god, you'd love to see this guy speak live. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you just yeah. would. You know, with us you know, honestly, if I could find one of those microphones, you know, like you, you see on old radio yeah. where it's this big round thing and it's like the springs are holding in the microphone mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. i would totally yeah.
4: get I would get that. Yeah, there's little lightning bolts.
3: I could, I could, yeah, me, I could yeah. lend you a newer version of that, but yeah. Ooh, there's a newer
1: version. Oh yeah, I've got a newer version. Ooh. The reason
3: we don't use those for podcasting is they're way too sensitive. So you could hear like jets and planes going overhead. So you have to have microphones that don't record every goddamn like an ant crawling across the pavement gets recorded by those microphones. So you can't use those for Are, this kind of event.
2: Are you trying to yeah. make some subtle reference to my gas issue? Yes, we
3: we have to standard oil, <laughs> we have, standard gas. We have to be careful, okay, gas and electric. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
2: I have had a problem with that on past no,
3: recordings. We don't need that in every recording. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. But so part of part of his uh, policies, what he's trying to do was say that. Louisiana was twenty second, 22 percent illiteracy rate, the highest illiteracy rate in the country. They were really not doing well, and that was one of his major campaigns for office. And that was one of the major things that he was fighting for was increasing literacy and the common man. I mean this was his whole thing was about helping the common man get uh, you know, decent roads, get decent books, get decent – um, well, even healthcare and food. He was trying to get yeah. Yeah, he actually did, he did a
2: he did a really good job of that. Uh, but but At, getting back to the election oh, of twenty four, oh. you know he the main thing was he he said well it was because the rain was so bad yeah. which in Louisiana the rain is really bad it's like monsoon yeah but it was that Huey opposed the Klan right okay now— but ba- 1924, ba- <laughs>
4: Louisiana, you're opposing the Klan. Really? That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said a bunch of people couldn't get to the voting booth because uh, the roads were too muddy so, uh, on election day. That's right. But he also was, yeah, one of the candidates opposing the Klan. The Klan so. was
2: huge in the 20s. There are right. pictures of a huge Klan march going down State Street here in Tropical Madison, Wisconsin in the
4: 20s. Mm-hmm.
0: Mainly yeah.
2: opposing Catholics and <laughs> Jews because they're not like yeah. us uh, common right. folk. Yeah.
3: i just think of that uh coen brothers movie where they're like i can't see anything out of this hood <laughs> 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 it's a bad idea <laughs> my wife spent <been> all day
2: <laughs>
4: yeah where the fuck were we who it's huey long some guy the election of 1928 oh yeah well yeah now we're moving on ooh, to ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, yeah Mr. Cotta! Mr. Go, Mr.
1: go! It. I got it! Mr. Cotta! He won the
3: election, Mr. Cotta! Yeah. <laughs>
2: Signed, Juan's mother. <laughs> uh, well, in the election in 1928, where he did, in fact, win, because he had spent four years, you know... Building. You know, in a lot of ways, Huey Long is kind of like Richard Nixon. It's like he's just like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to keep building that base.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of this type of politician is that he was serious about the base and he was the head of the railroad. He was he was in charge of everything. And that made him more powerful that he was in control of so many different committees and groups and commissions. And and then he was yeah going to become governor and then keep everything else in his power as well. Right. Which just allowed him this demagoguery that you don't usually see. Usually it's someone who just – I'm going to work on the governorship and that's my main focus. But he he was ground up and yeah. that's the interesting part about Huey Long um, is is his influence is – it just is exponentially spread because mm-hmm. he was doing – he was doing some shady things like making – State workers spread his own newspaper and oh yeah yeah I mean, <laughs> oh yeah amazing like, all
2: the things that Scott Walker has been accused of <laughs> right. and in fact he's guilty of but, oh totally but, yeah but, I, I, but I, we don't
4: like Scott Walker but a, we a like lo- Huey Long Why, what, I, well no a lot of the things Huey <laughs> Long did it would be considered you know corrupt politics uh, oh, yeah. well uh, yeah. wrong but at the time. And I'm not saying this makes it right, but at the time, that's how every politician works in in Louisiana. You were just stumping. You're (laughs) bad. And he was just better at it than, yeah, the other guys. That's true.
2: And and this is where where Huey, you know, uh, first used the slogan, every man a king, but no one wears a crown, which is actually really good. And, of course, that was from William Jennings Bryan. Mm. And Mm -hmm. actually, the speeches of William Jennings Bryan are really fascinating because um, he ran for office. At least in a couple of occasions for president, but what was interesting about him is that uh, this was during the the 1890s when the populist movement was uh, really huge, Mm -hmm. which was very similar to this, and got him in some trouble. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean, you know, he's probably best known for you know being kind of the douchebag at the Scopes trial, but in fact, in his earlier career. With the populist movement, I mean, he had some really great speeches, some really great rhetoric, you know, like, you know, the America is crucifying itself on a cross of gold, you know, and, you know, and every, you know, no man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So William Jennings Bryan is is definitely a very fascinating American political character as well.
3: A lot of people would turn that quote on Huey Long and say, you know, every man a king, but Huey wears the crown is really kind of what it was, you know. Yeah, said it's, well. it's probably what he wanted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The... I, I I truly don't but, think Huey was in it for the benefit of man, but he. But that's hard to say. I know. I yeah. know. It's such that's yeah. hard balance. to say. See, that's that's like ooh, I, I don't know. In my heart of hearts, I just I just think it was all about the power, and the quickest way to get it would be to make promises. Yeah. You and could do make arguments things.
2: either way, yeah, yeah, and I I know, that's why he's such an interesting character. Yeah, he's fascinating. He's a full it cuts picture. both ways.
4: Yeah, he's I have a feeling he really yeah. liked the common the common oh, yeah. man oh yeah you know and and if he wanted to be in a you know a beer hall with a bunch of people i'd want to be a bunch of common oh there were, there you were know, yeah. stories you him. yeah there were stories started that he was an alcoholic
3: yeah and he drank a lot but and then as soon as those stories started running around he stopped drinking right and just to be like nope look yeah not an alcoholic An early it, focus group i know it yeah. was kind That's of interesting because he, he would do everything that he could to maintain his power and control and and yeah. and be seen and, and watch his image. So he was he was very closely watching his image and making sure that he was not being yeah. uh, manipulated because he was the manipulator of you know, the people. We and wouldn't throw that on him.
2: That's right. So it's it's like it, it cut both ways. I mean, so so he would always describe The corporations or utilities companies or the wealthy as parasites who took more than their Mm -hmm. fair share from the common man. Yet on the other side, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's yeah.
4: Is this where we get, maybe bring up the D Duck box? The D Duck (laughs) -duck box, (laughs) box, yeah.
3: yeah.
4: Did they ever find the D Duck box? No, No. they
3: did not. So, So
2: the D Duck box is essentially. A slush fund. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. where like money was set aside for special projects. I'm air quoting yeah. huge. But, now.
3: but we're not talking nickels and dimes. Oh, here. no. I mean, no, no, he would no. take like 10% of wages at some yeah. point. Yeah, oh, yeah. It,
4: it was uh, a tithe. A serious it, it was amount of money. basically 10% of any state worker that wanted to keep their job mm-hmm. would have to donate 10% to the D-Duck box. Right. You just work right. at 90%. You and, just don't and, give 100%. There you go, man. But that was Huey Long's campaign state
2: fund. A state worker, every day you give them a, yeah. you give
3: them a solid five hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh? solid five. Because you're getting paid for four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So... Yeah, the deduct box. The uh, deduct box is 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 a great
2: concept because, like I say, you know, Nixon later you know used it as the mm-hmm, slush fund mm-hmm. for the plumbers and everything. Well, and special projects. Every
3: campaign but, and every special project. I mean, that's what that's the kind of thing that Huey Long was doing, right? Yeah. I mean, and he helped elect the first you know female senator too. I
2: know, which yeah, which yeah. I mean, considering that women were literally just given the vote in nineteen twenty.
3: That was huge. It's almost like he did it on a whim, just to show people. Yeah. You want to see my power? Here's my power. Watch this. Boom. Yeah. And then she destroyed yeah. the competition. Right. It yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, but but to be fair, I mean, she actually was a really good
2: candidate as right. well. But, and... but
3: she wasn't polling well. She wasn't doing well. No. And she was getting destroyed before Huey Long stepped <laughs> right. in. And then people uh, were just, boom, all of a sudden behind her. That's, that's very true.
2: And, yeah. you know, so, I mean, he... The 1928 election, I mean, you got to believe that even before the Great Depression, there was a huge class difference and a huge class struggle going on, especially in Louisiana, where most of the people were rural, not very well educated and no. Paved public roads, and I mean mean, that sounds almost stupid to say now. They had like like,
4: two major bridges, and that was it. (laughs) I know. This is a state where the Mississippi runs through it. Exactly. Well, the Delta. I mean, yeah, yeah.
3: New Orleans is is a beautiful place. I mean, I was there after Katrina, and honestly, it was a very sad place at that time. And I went to Mm -hmm. Tulane, and I heard the governor speak. It was. It's a very beautiful city, and it's just too bad that they got hit so hard by Mm -hmm. the Hurricane Katrina, but. Beautiful place. Yeah. And uh you know, he paved thousands of miles of highway and that That they're still using. Yeah, you know, that I was mean, no doubt. Exactly. He was really doing it. He was building bridges, he was paving roads, he was he was future proofing Louisiana.
2: He was like a Roman emperor. Yeah. You know, he was just building roads mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and
3: then and then he would say, How do you like your road? You know, and yeah. he would he would remind people that <laughs> he's yeah. the reason they have that. it
2: wasn't just building the roads, you were also employing Right. You know, thousands oh. of people by doing that. Right. And yeah, he's giving he yeah. people
3: jobs. He was creating debt, and then the way he paid for it was he increased taxes on corporations. Yeah. yeah. An unheard of idea and in modern like, politics. Wait, excuse what, what, me? Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. the, they'll all run to a different uh, I, state if we increase taxes on Sure, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> but see, the thing is,
4: <laughs> the oil was in Louisiana. Yeah, you can't move the oil to a different state. Yeah. Right. But uh that was uh the, the textbook program he decided to give all the students free textbooks. Which He also uh, did he also did free literacy programs
3: for adults, you know free night right. classes yeah. for adults. So, so, so they could he, learn to read. Uh, yeah. Black or
2: white. Black or white. And that's the thing, yeah. Huey did not seem to make any kind of racial difference. Right. I mean, just his opposition to the Klan in the twenties yeah. I think is, is pretty good proof of that. Yeah. That's that's because if, kind of, if if you if, if you really was just you get the some, star for that yeah because <laughs> yeah. if you were just playing for public opinion yeah you probably would have been pro clan i
3: mean kind. honestly yeah I, on the scales yeah. of justice this guy is a huge balancing act and it's really hard for me to love the guy and it's i i don't hate the guy at all but it's like yeah i i'm on a fence because i i really understand that he was in some ways a conflicted and complicated individual oh, very oh and yeah. so so his his ways of dealing with other people sometimes showed you his true self which made you kind of you know, be disgusted with him a little bit, but then it's like, what, he was doing a lot of good, and that's that's usually what balances him out,
4: is that these programs were doing a lot
3: of public
4: good. Yeah. But, yeah, the reason that's I brought up very the well said. The, uh, the textbook thing is um, he decided to pay that for, I think, throwing a nickel tax on every barrel of oil that came out of Louisiana. Which sounds like shit, but when yeah. you consider back then,
2: that was a lot of That change. would
4: have came up to a lot of money. Yeah. But it would not have really hurt the oil companies because they had plenty of profit margin.
2: Well, that, see, that's true, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing. is That was kind of the whole basis of share our wealth. It's like, you know, yeah. you boys got way more than you need. So do you need windfall mm-hmm. profits? Yeah. 2013? Or... Yeah, I guess you do.
3: Yeah, am yeah. I the only one that noticed that the Share Our Wealth program is the SOW program?
2: you got to th- think about acronyms. People. I know, yeah. you, you
3: got to acronym that out because that, uh, that just uh, seems like a pig at the trough. You know, Ken Burns <laughs> did a a great documentary on Huey Long.
4: Yes, he did. And um, did it?
3: Did the camera slide slowly from one side to the other as he was looking at a photo Louisiana, <laughs> a house divided? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. It did. <laughs> and his but, haircut, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but one of my uh, maybe criticisms of it is, <laughs> is you know he he interviewed people Domo. that were alive during the Huey Long uh, mm-hmm. period oh, hated him. And, and and they would say well i was for the textbook program but i just didn't like how he wanted to pay for it
2: Yeah, and it's like, and
4: I'm guessing you're probably from some of the finer families. Right, right. But Ken Burns' movie, he may have mentioned it, but he didn't really dig into the details of how uh, Huey Long was paying for things. No, is Uh, that the. I I remember that movie. There's a woman. Yeah, uh, it was a woman. There's a woman mm-hmm. who was like yeah, I think, we
3: talked about assassinating him pretty much every time anyone got together. Yeah. 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 Someone was like, Let's go kill that Huey Long. And I'm like, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, lady, yeah. you know you're on camera, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> but I'm sorry, if you're talking textbooks for every school child or a nickel tax on oil.
2: Yeah, what I'm, an asshole. Yeah, I mean can you
1: I
4: mean Funny, it's like, right? <laughs> okay,
2: let's do this. Let's just get it done, man. I mean Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, that's the thing. is like there were so many. It's like if you could cherry pick through Huey Huey Long's career and just like take this bit, you'd say, oh, you know what? Perfect. Yeah. Fine. Love it. But then there's this like, oh, (laughs) there's. Do that box. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh... Where I must delve into the powers of the Sith. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah he was
3: definitely a Sith Lord (laughs) yeah I mean yeah yeah, yeah, I don't think there was room for a Padawan learner there it was (laughs) just Huey Long you know Anakin uh, (laughs) Emperor Palpatine yeah. yeah total Palpatine
2: I always love that scene where you know he's talking to him and he goes well you know there are powers that you can learn abilities where you can you can see he's like yes tell me more (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't realize i had to lose an arm and two legs it's kind of blows but okay fine yeah but uh so once long became governor and he was governor from 28 to 32 although some would say from 28 to 35 when he was assassinated basically yeah Mm. Yeah, basically he was from 28 to 35. Well, he and
3: that, went that, to the Senate. That's
2: Well, pr- he went to the Senate, but... <laughs> right. Well, we'll get to that.
4: Okay. Th- that's probably the biggest criticism along, is he didn't... Uh, once he gained power, he didn't give it up. No. <laughs> yeah. No. It was about... Getting more power and he's kind going.
2: of a, a kind of a Putin-like character in some ways too. It's like, right. oh yes, I I would like to endorse this candidate who, of
4: course, will do everything that I say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what his th- name is Dothmal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there was some politician and it per- perhaps it was the guy that long placed in the governorship to replace him i i think they said uh on the ken burns movie that he was so agreeable that one day a leaf blew on his desk and he signed it
2: so actually i have been to uh the L- louisiana Capitol,
3: and you see the bullet pockmarks Are we jumping ahead? No, well, I I actually did. I I kind of ran to them. That's what I would do. I didn't know at the time.
2: And then I also went out to, you know, where they have the statue and everything. It really is quite an impressive edifice. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. it's 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 almost Egyptian in its scope.
4: <laughs> it's kind of phallic too. I mean oh, it's just kinda of like Yeah,
2: it's a big granite penis. <laughs> I am <It's> the like... <laughs> kingfish. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my huge granite dick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 once Huey became governor, you know, he he moved fast and he moved hard. So You know, he fired just, like, hundreds of opponents. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you didn't vote for me? Hey, here's (laughs) a pink slip. (laughs) Bye-bye. And, and I mean, this was, like, all levels, from, like, the tiniest secretaries up to these, like, division heads. Mm -hmm. He just got rid of. And, you know, made sure that everyone was a long supporter.
3: Hey, you, paperboy. Were you making fun of me? You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) I'm the kingfish.
4: (laughs) And that's, uh, you know, in Wisconsin, they they built up kind of with the – during the La Follette era, a real uh, level of integrity, the civil service system to separate the government from the politics and oh, uh, yeah. and basically, Scott Walker is tearing that apart as fast as he can. And <laughs> right. there's actually some well, scandals is... with some political appointees, uh, right? Getting a uh, sort of magic raises and all kinds. Oh, of Oh, there stuff. are
3: some magic raises. Those yeah. are kind of fun to read.
4: Oh about. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm shocked! Shocked to hear that. <laughs> no, uh, no, his original
3: <laughs> pay was a said politician. Wrong.
2: <laughs> not. Oh boy, yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> why this is unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> I I declare shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I've used that more often than not <laughs> shenanigans. Declaring shenanigans And people
3: will look at me like I've, I've lost my mind I declare shenanigans <laughs> to that. You gotta use a 1920s voice though If you're gonna Declare right. shenanigans. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> shenanigans! Yeah, right, right. I declare shenanigans. <laughs> I
4: used to go to a bar in uh, Eau Claire called Shenanigans. <laughs> wow! And yes, shenanigans yeah. did. What's that bar with all yeah. the shit on
3: the wall? Oh, you mean shenanigans? <laughs> Do you have to wear thirty-one pieces of flair? <laughs> mean, if you want to wear the bare minimum of flair, thirty-one. Yeah. <laughs> so you want me to wear thirty-one? No, no. It's what you want to wear. <laughs>
2: But it was at the same period of time, which Tor mentioned earlier, where he did all these huge public works, which, again, kind of falling in line with, you know, like Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, Mm -hmm. you know, they they do a lot of these public works. So a lot of these figures have many of the same trajectories.
3: Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I've managed to refrain from the trains running on time thing, which Mm -hmm. is good. Because apparently that's a little overrated. Mussolini didn't actually <laughs> make the trains. I'm trying not to. mean late relate sometimes? I'm not trying. Yeah. So uh, trains were late sometimes under Mussolini people. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, oh, we'd yeah. be kind of like, oh, we have to be there by 515. Ciao. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, you, you just can't This really... is Italy we're talking about. Yeah. Here. I mean, you can't really
2: picture people <laughs> yeah. in Italy going, ah, oh, you know, I'm really concerned. Oh, shit, Diabon- now that Mussolini's uh, in charge, uh, he's got to mm. run on time. And... Fuck it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe in Germany, but yeah, not. <laughs> oh God, in Germany the trains fucking <laughs> around on time. Oh, yeah. oh, that was expected, <laughs> yeah. and it damn well better happen.
2: Yeah. Led yeah. to a gas
3: chamber, but <laughs> yeah. the day the crown cl- cried is no longer yeah. an option.
2: <laughs> so, so obviously, you know, when when Huey would try to put, you know, being from such a radical position, when he would try to to push bills through the legislature, oh yeah, there was some shit. There was a lot of pushback, mm-hmm. and Huey didn't forget that. He worked the system. He made sure that that just, like, didn't happen. I mean, you have to remember, I mean, he's, his his system that he created in Louisiana is not unlike the Koch brothers, the Coctopus,
4: mm-hmm. where, you know, yeah. they're just at all levels. Every, yeah, tentacles every everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he was, yeah— but. With with the opposite political goals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 But but let's not forget,
3: it's it's it, it all is enabling his his power and and he would run these it's committees. It's helping Louis. It's it's all helping Huey. Huey, and yeah. I will Google. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean it all helps him and, and it also, you know aids his policies and then he used his salesmanship that he had, you know, going door to door to run these committees and run these things right. and, and sell all his proposals to the public, and that's another thing about many of his speeches is that he he was one of these first guys to have wagons farther back with speakers that would project what he was saying so other people could hear him far out into the distance. Yeah. Right? Because he started technology, yeah, yeah. yeah. and he used radio.
2: To hear him. Yeah, he used radio very uh-huh. heavily. He was like he was a, really an innovator.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: mean, he's one of these guys. If he were alive today, he'd be social yeah. networking, he'd be Facebooking yeah. and Twittering. But his his yeah, speeches yeah. were
3: events, and people would come from all over. Oh, yeah, and that's how he got. Yeah. He got so much support from the middle and lower class because he was uh, saying what they wanted
4: to hear. And he and, was, and, in some ways, there is some parallel to Barack Obama. I mean, who has. Of uh, you have I, failed me for the last time. I, I mean, to Barack see, Obama. <laughs> to, to see a Barack Obama speech is right. is kind of it's a big event, right? And uh, and he can he, speechify, right? Yeah, and he has uh, uh he ce- can... celebrity musicians play beforehand and everything, but uh, <laughs> and, but then behind the scenes is God. I don't know maybe. Corruption or whatnot? So i mean, so yes,
1: I don't even know if it's
2: corruption. I <laughs> yeah, think, I think I, I it's just it's like, almost like Kissinger, like Real Politique. You know,
4: he's uh, kind of falling in with the fascist types. Or I don't know what's going on, but yeah,
2: like Politique. Yeah, that yeah. is the fascist types. He's yeah, he's yeah. he's just he's like just another. So thank is you. Is an
3: opportunity for me to use my Kissinger voice. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank you for proving once again, uh, Mr. President, that. Where Martin Luther King said he has a dream of, you know, black and white kids going to school together and, and so forth, it's like you've proved that a black person can be just as big of a system douchebag right. as any white guy.
1: Right. Job. Just as connected and just as Equality. inside. Thank yeah. you
4: so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Great. But at least almost to give Huey Long credit, he Hue- Hue- Huey was pretty blatant about, you know, his uh maybe slightly less than perfect so I, I think one thing, he not only built the new state house, he also built a new governor's mansion. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, he got endless oh, shit yeah oh, yeah. 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 And, that, he, and it was palatial. He, yeah. Right. But he said it, the uh, previous governor's mansion um, may have been good enough for the previous governor. <laughs> But it's certainly not good enough for me. For the kingfish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, it's right out there. It's like, come on, people. Come at me. I need the come big house. Me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know? I want to please, that projects my authority. Huh?
3: <laughs> Respect my authority.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: so he he installed Alvin King, basically, as his puppet, yeah. like, governor while he went off to the oh, Senate. Yeah. and And he was a supporter of Roosevelt's originally in, uh Eventually, thought the New Deal was doing some things wrong and butted heads because he was he was shooting for the presidency himself and was trying right. to like do yeah. an attack campaign.
2: But but I think that's almost kind of jumping ahead in a certain way because I mean like okay l- let's consider this little tidbit. Okay, so in Louisiana there are especially in, in the southern part of Louisiana counties are parishes. Mm-hmm. From French colonization, Spanish colonization, so you know you, you, it's very heavily Catholic, right? Well, it's a parish, so, so you uh-huh. have you so you have a parish. So, uh, Cato Parish, which contains Shreveport, which has always been traditionally very conservative, they said, yeah. "Oh, free textbooks? Well, that's just charity," mm-hmm. you know. And he yeah. said, "Well, okay, you know what? There's an army base that's going to locate near you. I'm going to put a stop to that until you take the charity." yeah you know so it's like
4: Uh, yeah
2: i kind of admire it but it's like holy
4: fuck yeah that's the one thing with the textbooks (laughs) you know it was some of somewhat offensive to see someone say that that well we were for the textbooks but against the way he wanted to pay for it but it was obviously there was just huge assholes out there especially in shreveport that would say uh oh no no that giving textbooks to someone that's just oh not, not, like, that's charity that's yeah learning? like a poor person wouldn't so, want to some of those ex- some of those kids are colored you gotta pay for the learning <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's like it, somehow it would offend them if we give them a textbook yeah yeah oh it, yeah it, it, it offend their dignity if we give them a textbook and they're too proud to take the textbook they won't like, know
2: what offend means unless you give them a textbook so right yeah <laughs> I, I
4: mean it's just ridiculous
2: well, and, and the five-cent-per-barrel tax that you were talking about, Huey called it the occupational license tax, which is, like, really kind of awesome in a certain way, because like, uh-huh. you could just see him up at, like, three in the morning just, like, writing this shit down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, honestly, I've always kind of thought that the character of Foghorn Leghorn— <laughs> Yes. is kind of like Huey Long. He's nice. like, yes, I, I
4: yes. It, I'll say, I'll say my, I'll boy. Say, I'll say, i say boy.
2: Say yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it an occupational license. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God.
4: I'll never look at Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn. Oh, <laughs> we should we should lobby for a Huey Long movie starring Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, shit. Huey Long. oh, my God. Uh, yes. All the
3: animal politicians. Oh, yes. And it and would be, be awesome.
2: like a Daffy Duck would be Carl Weiss. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of Egbert.
1: Oh, Egbert. The little kid.
2: Yeah. Edward would do it. He was always like smarter than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, boy, and, um, you got to learn how to play ball. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god so i mean actually the five <laughs> cent per barrel occupational license tax <laughs> I, say, uh-huh. I, say, I say
3: occupational license <laughs> tax.
4: yeah yeah
2: dog <laughs> 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 we used to love it when Ford, like, like the dog would be sleeping <laughs> and his ass would be sticking out of the doghouse and just the fuck with him because he knew he was on a chain he pick him up by the tail and he have like a flat board and he just paddle him yeah. on the ass. Best <laughs> <And then laughs> where the chain would go.
0: Oh, chain. fuck. And stand
2: and watch. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. Okay, focus. <laughs> so that led to Im- impeachment proceedings. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh,
4: yeah, this is going to work when he controls
2: mm-hmm. the entire yeah. state machinery.
4: <laughs> Um, That's like, yeah, where have I heard that before? We don't like this uh, guy. Let's impeach him. (laughs) So, of course, you know, Yui went on a huge speaking tour.
2: He was, like, ruthless. And he he used to say, I used to get things done by saying, please. Now I dynamite dynamite him out of my path.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. So this is a little bit because Huey Long was opposed so severely by these really entrenched, you know, assholes. Yeah. It, he decides to, you know, just ramp it up and well, screw morality. I'm just going to plow right through and mm-hmm. get her done. You know what I mean? It's we should also so mention that, yeah. too
2: that Huey also funded, I mean, besides all of his pamphlets and his speaking tours, he funded several newspapers like Um, Right, yeah,
4: he controlled mm, the media because Louisiana progress. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just can't even say that without using a southern accent Louisiana Louisiana progress, (laughs) yeah, which became the American progress. That's right, when he uh, started doing Senate and uh, presidential uh, Mm -hmm. aspirations.
2: I mean, and and, you know, this was kind of like you know, to Huey Long, what the Dearborn Independent was to you know, Henry Henry Ford. Ford, It was like, you know, uh, I'd like you to buy a Model T, it has several good features, but. Do you know about the Jews? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Henry!
1: Oh, oh, Henry! Gosh darn yeah. it! Should be a sitcom. You oh, those Henry! Henry. <laughs> Protocols of the Elders. Go against the Jews. It's again. not a sitcom,
4: but I think it's a candy bar. <laughs> it
1: <is>. Oh, Henry! <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then, so then <laughs> he tried to pass a tax. Now this is where it starts to get ugly. <laughs> we start. He, he starts to pass. Uh, wanted to pass a, a surtax on newspapers for publishing slanderous material.
4: <laughs> yeah, here we're getting First Amendment kind of oh, area, man. but yeah, it's he's definitely this ugly. is this is like uh, 1984 thought control here coming up. So, so, so yeah. So Longs got a lot of death threats,
2: and there was also a, a militia group later on that was formed. In against him that that actually tried to storm the Capitol, and Huey <laughs> called out the fucking troops, the National yeah. Guard. But from this point on, Huey always had a huge cadre of personal bodyguards. Again, following along lines, <laughs> right. Mussolini, Stalin, Hitler. Yeah, Hitler, yeah, Hitler. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And these guys were all like, you know, southern good old boys, all packing cult 45s. And that's important to
3: remember, because all those bullet holes are 45. Yeah, you <laughs> okay. notice no one, like, jumped in front of Huey, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck yeah, are you guys hired for? <laughs>
2: yeah, but you got to imagine. It's just like, you know, these guys are... I mean, there's probably... How many of these bodyguards are around? And they're all, like, kind of dicking around. Mm-hmm. And this guy just, like, walks up to him, And this is, like, the third time. Oh, fuck. Now, see,
3: I've... Whatever. All right, yeah, all right let's keep we, going. It's yeah. okay. Going. We're, Alright, guys, another little teaser. Another, this, this I say I say we thing. all got together and so, oftentimes we'll
1: talk about killing you know? Huey <laughs> Yeah.
4: So the yeah. First, Shut up,
3: lady. So this is the <laughs> I
4: mean, for huey has got a lot of bodyguards. She probably dropped a hammer.
3: <laughs> I know, she probably called no it. No shit. I mean she's probably the one that's like <laughs> we
2: know what she's saying, it's like,
3: I kill Yuri. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh really? Yeah. Okay. I am Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it yeah. was like, you know, hanging confessions. Right. It's like, oh, uh, yikes. oh I didn't think. yikes.
3: So, Huey, essentially... So what, what didn't he like about the New Deal? When he was in the Senate, why did he hate Roosevelt so bad? Well,
2: I think I think this was, again... He, he liked Roosevelt at first. At yes. first he did. Like, like he did the other candidate right. uh, before in 1920. But it's like, okay, I will back you fiercely and passionately... But the minute you deviate from this, the minute you disappoint me, okay, this is going to get That's ugly, it. and then yeah. I'll be your opponent. So, so if Huey gave you your support, you better look twice, because and and let's be honest, FDR.
3: Well, first off, let's just say this was whack a mole because it wasn't just Huey Long that was shooting for FDR. I mean. Lots of other senators were trying to get FDR, and
4: well, the Republicans the New Deal was were definitely highly unpopular. Uh, yeah. Right? So, well, so, but, but Long, was, he, Long was complaining against it from the left. He was, right, He right. didn't think it went far right. enough. But, he was
2: one of the few. Yeah. Uh, people who were uh, attacking FDR from the left.
3: But what I'm saying is was, he's one of the most powerful ones that FDR had to take seriously because there were some yes. serious
4: opponents so that he had to try to deal we're with. We're kind of jumping in ahead where uh, Long oh, ru- runs lord, for this. lord, you guys. Lo- <laughs> we got to jump ahead at
3: some point. Yeah, There's but, but no, no, <laughs> such I'm a rich that's, <laughs> history.
4: That's that's what I'm saying. The, the low
3: pop high and the high pop low runs
4: The FDR... Uh, uh, Stuff is kind of when Huey Long becomes a U.S. senator, which yes. is 1932. But, but this is
2: what's fascinating. Is yes. that, it's like oh, it overlaps so, just so you, like this podcast. You're, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to impeach me. You know what? I think I'm going to run for senator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean this
4: is the balls of this guy. Right, but he didn't give up the governorship. No, <laughs> so no, I'm still he governor. He appointed his yeah. own people and ran Louisiana
2: like he was like the governor in abstention. It's amazing. It's yeah. just
3: amazing
4: yeah. the power he built. And he says uh, it. It you know it wasn't a big deal that he wasn't you know at Washington D.C. being a senator because it's not like the last guy they had in L- right. Not the last Louisiana senator did it any did anything. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, you know the seat has been empty for some so time. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing with with you along at this period of time is this, this is you you really have to look at as the pinnacle of his power. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's accomplished. He's employed a lot of people. He has. The vote of the people, the support of the people. The minute he doesn't think he has it, he goes on huge speaking tours and he gets it in huge force. In
3: Louisiana he does, but in a way I feel like this was his glass ceiling moment where he wasn't able to Uh, irritate Roosevelt. Like to, he wanted to, he really wanted to
4: agitate. Maybe, Roosevelt. maybe not. I mean, would he showed up in the Senate finally? Uh, you know, usually junior senators are kind of supposed to, you know, stay in their spots, sit in the corner, be don't, you know, ruffle the the feathers. Vague he showed up, Ron Johnson, the Kingfish is here. You know, it's yeah, kind of like, oh yeah, he ah, guy got right. huge. Yeah. You'd say, oh yeah, <laughs> and, and he didn't get, he didn't join any committees because he thought it would get, in a, you know, in the way of his. Uh, Oratory you right. know, in his speech making. And we and we <laughs> and, should we should probably yeah.
2: explain to our listeners now, because we've referred to him several times as the Kingfish, that he was called that. Uh actually somebody pinned that name on him and he liked it so much that of course, obviously he amplified it huge. But this was from the Amos and Andy radio program. Oh
3: yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: So Amos and Andy was essentially two white guys in blackface. <laughs> So, OK, remember, we're talking about a different period 1930s,
4: <laughs> 1920s. And yeah. so
2: so Amos and Andy were in this. It's kind of like um, where Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble were in the Water Buffalos
1: or <laughs> yeah, you know, right, Mr. Yeah.
2: Cunningham was in that one where they had the weird like leopard skin fez, which I totally fucking loved that's after. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. we should all have those. So. Yeah. So the the Amos and Andy were. I think we, we
3: should wear those while we're talking. I think so. No shit. Yes. Yeah, I think we should all wear. I would totally skin wear a fez. fezzes while we're talking. Le- yeah. I have. A it fez. would add some. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't. We got a track. We're currently fezzless. Yeah. You can buy. You
2: can purchase. donations are accepted. At <laughs> you can purchase a fez at at Sacred Feather. Again, a longstanding State Street yeah, store, so to, right next to Yellow Jersey. Wow. While it's still there, we have to fezz up. Yeah, fezz up, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> You know, yes, maybe we should riot. do that. Maybe we
4: could Fess get up, a discount if, if we allow them to claim that they're official fed supplier of Tank Riot.
3: <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sticking Feather. Wow. <laughs> fed
4: supplier of Tank
3: Riot. These guys Probably have brought fez the needs. fez back.
2: <laughs> I'm taking it back, people. <laughs> I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, and Amos and Andy were both in this group. They were the master of the Mystic Knights of the Sea Lodge. Well, you know, and they and they both belonged to that, and so they they called him the kingfish. That was just like hey, we're going to call you Pinto, <laughs> or flounder, white flounder, <laughs>
1: <Why not? laughs> shark bait, hooah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so that's you know, so that he became the kingfish, kingfish. and he kind of you know he was kind of like Wild Bill Hickok. After a while, he kind of inhabited that role, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So then, when when uh, you know Long was governor. You know, he was really into LSU, <laughs> you know, Louisiana State University. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where, and I mean, this this I mean, like, no control was too small. Yeah, uh, this is look, classic. <laughs> so, and he expanded the re- enrollment and study programs so like poor students could go, which meant mm-hmm. right. yeah, awesome good, to good education I mean, stuff. Fuck, you know, d- d- to get past like you know third or fourth grade was a big deal, right. much less to go to a college. Yeah.
4: But <laughs> he wrote songs for the band. He wrote songs for the band. He also oh established God, the LSU yeah. Medical right.
2: School in New Orleans, which yeah, was a huge yeah. political
4: opponent.
3: Oh, of my him. God. You can see videos of him doing the Every Man a King thing, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all over the internet, and too.
4: LSU still plays some of his songs. Touchdown for LSU. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he even. Uh, he wrote a play. A po- or
2: did a play and called it
4: in and. For the football team. Yeah. For, a, a, yeah. A, a football play. Yeah. And so I mean, that's, that's, that's like, that's fucked up. He's controlling everything <laughs> in this
2: state. I'm you getting know? there. Okay. Yeah. Let's go out there and look, look for anything. Like the one with Robin yeah. Williams with the Snickers commercial. It's like, all right, go out there and look for everyone who looks like an O. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Did you guys see the video of, like, uh, he, he made every woman a queen, too? Did you see that Yes. yes. So, like, he's got his little silly baby hands. I, I, I love watching. <laughs> he's like he's like a character on Saturday Night Live. He's got his little silly baby hands, and he's waving them around madly, gesticulating, so the woman could sing, and he's, like, whipping his hands around, doing the conductor thing that he thinks conductors do, but they're not epileptic, you know, most uh-huh. of them. So it just looks weird, but it's awesome to watch him do the you know, epileptic you know, Victor, spasm of a hand.
2: I think gesture. you and I both both focus on like physical anomalies. So like, Christ could come out of the clouds, like, and I'd be like, "Wow, I'd grow my hair long too if I had cardoor ears
3: like that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "These are the opposite of man hands.
4: <laughs> She's got the man hands.
3: You have tiny little hands, She's got tiny little hands, baby hands." <laughs> It's like that Kristen Wiig character in the Lawrence Welk skits, <laughs> where she's got the baby hands <laughs> and the big forehead. Oh, I, that's like some of oh my, my favorite. Like when you do the Lawrence Welk show and
2: she's like <laughs> yeah. trying to catch the bubbles with to... those weird little hands. Oh, oh my god, Jesus! Do you and guys, Fred
3: Armisen is Lawrence Welk is fantastic. Do you guys Don't ever watch that.
2: on the History Channel Drunk
3: History? Drunk yeah, I, no, I, thought I, they stole, I thought they stole our ideas completely. I know, I, I know. I'm I kind of like, feel call like we, we should sue for copyright. <laughs> I know, bastards. Because
2: Okay, so so it's like these. this guy goes to all of his friends, he gets them really liquored up, and then they tell uh-huh. these historical stories, and then they have like A-list actors act them out, but they're it's just hilarious. mouthing the words. That is kind of hilarious. Yeah, like the person who's like really drunk, and sometimes uh, they have to stop
3: because they have to puke. Or have we've to never puke. had to stop Tank Riot for anyone to puke. No, yeah, we no. can hold our liquor yeah. here. Yeah. We're fucking troopers here. We're, we're podcasting from Tropical Madison, Wisconsin yeah. in the Midwest. That's uh-huh. right. We got squeezins tonight. And it might be a little random, but no right. one's gonna puke during That's the right. podcast. Let's just
2: you know me I think it was uh, you know, Cicero who once said,
3: Hose up bitches down <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think you're right, but but I, I felt up bitches down. Some, That's what I meant to there say. There was some copyright infringement there. I was like, come on, really? You've got to do drunk history. I know. That's exactly how I. Felt. I, I looked at that and I kept yeah. thinking, wait a minute, where have I seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about Teddy Roosevelt, the Teddy yeah. uh,
4: with the Rough Riders and all that. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. It's like, oh hmm. please, come on. We yeah, all I'm thinking it was Winston Churchill. That's a historical drinker.
2: Oh yes. yeah, yes.
4: I always loved the the stories about where <laughs>
2: he would be like he'd smoke fifteen Snarkiest of those double robustos a, a day, yeah.
1: uh-huh. and then
2: you know so I mean this is like a huge cannon fifteen of those yeah. a fucking
1: day. Oh yeah, and
2: this then he'd drink all day, and he, he would say like, "Well, how do you make a, a good martini?" He said, "Well, you just pass the vermouth bottle over the gin." <laughs> You know, he's yeah. like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So then when he'd be staying at the White House, he'd be up at all hours of the night. Because obviously, you know, you've been smoking 15 of these huge cigars and drinking all day. And he'd be like totally naked walking around the White House. <laughs> and you just got to think of that. It's like, <laughs> we shall fight them in the fields. <laughs> it's like, really?
3: <laughs> You're totally naked. But that's so awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> I, would, I would too. It's like, Winston,
4: <laughs> let me pour you. Would you like a fresher? Yeah, that, that takes some balls. It was like you know, America's you know, the home of you know, the United States president. Yeah, and you just decide to walk around naked.
2: Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like if if you were asked to speak before Parliament or something, or you were at Buckingham Palace, wouldn't wouldn't you be tempted to just say like? Yeah, I'm going to bare-ass it down to the kitchen and see yeah. if there's anything in the fridge. <laughs> yeah.
3: Do you have a favorite Churchill quote? Or is that vermouth one your favorite? Uh, no, there's a couple of... Yeah, of, he's such a good speaker. He,
2: oh, God, he's an awesome speaker. But um, the the ones that I always loved is, is like his dinner parties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was this woman... Who oh yeah, just hated him.
3: <laughs> yeah, and she said, "Oh, if you, you know, were my husband, I would poison
2: you." Yeah. And he said, "Madam, if you were my wife, I would drink that poison."
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> my know? favorite. Like, <laughs> oh, yep, good man. Yeah, he nailed
2: and, it. And then he wrote this like poem <laughs> about <laughs> his his favorite dog was the poodle, mm-hmm. but he also had pugs, and he he like wrote this like really weird poem about. it's like little puggy Wuggy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you just picture Winston, Winston Churchill,
1: no shit, doting
3: over his pug. Oh god. <laughs> he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The poison one is my favorite story. Anyway. Yeah. All right, so Huey had a short-lived career in the Senate and uh all right, so he had a couple face-to-faces. He had a face-to-face with Roosevelt.
2: Well, no no no, let's talk about the Roosevelt thing. Okay. Because yeah. I th- I think Roosevelt in some ways does not deserve the acclaim that he has gotten in in some ways.
4: Part of it goes to you Long. Yes, and, yeah. what, what, what?
2: and other
3: and other advisors. I just want to get to the assassination. I'm saying, but
4: you,
2: know
3: you guys what? are all like, well, hey, right, we, we, we were hitting the FD- Roosevelt. FDR, no,
4: thing. Let's, FDR. Let's talk
2: about FDR. FDR. Yeah. Now FDR. Let's be honest. Was from an old moneyed. East Coast patrician family. yes. So, yeah, he's seen as, like, Mr. New Deal, you know, got us out of the Depression and and so on. But really, he supported it enough, whereas you can kind of question where Long really was very extreme and did a lot of things for the people of Louisiana, Mm -hmm. but then maybe used some very extreme methods in order to get there. FDR to tax the rich for
3: God's sakes. Exactly. That yeah. Bastard. Yeah. No F- wonder they wanted to kill him. Yeah.
2: FDR to me was always one of these very real political opportunists. Right.
3: Who
4: but he would know that Long is also a huge political oh, opportunist. he knew
2: Long was on his tail. But probably yeah. better but probably better in some ways. Well, yes, both were political opportunists. However, FDR being from this old patrician family and everything, I I always I, I mean By 39, the New Deal was, like, done. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just done. So all those, like, radical reforms, the WPA and the CCC and all that, you know, so then the same list that they used for the CCC, which was a great idea. I mean, if you want to cut down on defaults on student loans, say, well, here's an opportunity you could build up the country's infrastructure and pay off your student loan. Oh, Oh, there's a good idea. Back then it was just, you know, having a job. But then yeah. FDR used those same rosters to say, "Well, you know, we can use this for a draft." <laughs> <laughs> hey, that yeah. was Yeah. So so I mean, but, to me FDR was always the the more blatant political opportunist. Right. So so I think that that when a person like from his background came in at you know the height of the depression and proposed all these you know new deal policies long was a believer just like he was earlier on in the campaign in 1920 but then sure. he said oh yeah this guy he's not really going to take this as far as i would like it so that's mm-hmm. that's when huey started to evolve his you know share our wealth yeah and that's where it gets so socialist so marxist so whatever tag you want to put on it, but it's actually a more equitable form of capitalism. It's Mm -hmm. a regulated form of capitalism where taxation is more toward the rich than it is toward the poor. So in other words, uh, like now where everything is funded by recreational consumerism and taxes on, I guess what used to be called the middle class, now is, um, I mean,
4: because the middle class, I don't believe really, no truly, class yeah,
2: enough. they don't exist. It's just bullshit.
4: Yeah, but you have to, you see what we're missing, and we're missing a Huey Long now, because Huey Long, he initially started with Roosevelt, but then when Roosevelt wasn't going uh, radical enough yes. after the rich to redistribute the wealth. He turned on him. Long turned on him. Roosevelt countered. That by the Second New Deal plan, uh, where Roosevelt introduced Social Security, the Work Projects Administration, the National Labor Relations Board, age-dependent children, the National Use Administration, and the Wealth Tax Act of 1935. And apparently in private, Roosevelt candidly admitted that he was trying to steal Long's thunder. Yes. So, if there wasn't a Huey Long, there would be less incentive to for him, start to push farther for, to, for Roosevelt to introduce these programs.
2: One of the things I always liked about Huey Long is that he was always an opponent of the Federal uh, Reserve Bank, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, look, I mean, so every dollar you spend, there's you're incurring debt. I mean, this is bullshit. This is like." loan sharking at its worst <laughs> yeah. you know oh but little did he know it got worse it got way it worse it got way
4: worse yeah so so
2: long <laughs> actually uh put leg- federal legislation in capping personal fortunes incomes and inheritances oh now, yeah right right
3: I mean, every yeah. million he would increase the the taxation on the inher- well yeah. on the income and then on the inheritance
2: right you could only own you could only have this much money right the rest of it went back to the government and i mean in a lot of ways
3: He admitted, though, that some of that idea was kind of flawed because you can shelter money in so many different ways. It would be damn near impossible to catch these people to figure out how to—
2: It's it's very hard
4: to calculate what someone's wealth is. Yeah, especially your— But but
2: the whole thing for Share Our Wealth was a complete redistribution of the nation's wealth. Mm -hmm. So Long was Uh taking a much more radical view than FDR was or FDR was ever ready to take. Yeah. I mean, he was just saying, you know, FDR was saying, well, we'll do some temporary measures to, you know, kind of make sure the money gets out enough that we can get the economy revived and and so on. But Long was saying, oh, no, we need to just like cut this. But I appreciate the
3: position that Roosevelt was in that he needed to like be more reserved. I mean, I appreciate that he was being tempered in his response. I mean, yeah. I, I, yes, it would have been really cool if all of a sudden we would have made just great strides. But we did make good strides at that time.
2: No, we did. And I, I don't mean to take anything away from the New Deal or FDR. I mean, I, but yeah, in I a certain you. sense, I think that, that there was an opportunity at that period of time where you could have changed the course of the great politi- American political experiment. Right. And done something differently. However, I think F D R chose to make a much more tempered response sure. that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're not gonna throw out windfall profits, we're not gonna throw out the obscenely wealthy, we're we're gonna do just enough to kind of get things moving again and then kind of back it's away the from it.
4: Classic, yeah, Washington compromise. Yeah. yeah. But just a just a side note on the wealth tax. <laughs> Before you think all this weirdness and everything happened in the 1930s, okay, just dig this one. In 1999, Donald Trump, we all knew what Donald Trump is, right? right. Crazy lunatic billionaire yeah. type but might not be a billionaire, but whatever. Badger on his head. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Something. In Mr. Na- Forward. Cinnabon. Mr. Over. Forward. In 1999, <laughs> he suggested a, I think... 14 and a quarter or 14 and a half wealth tax on everybody who is worth more than I think 10 million dollars and he said if we did that just one time it would be a one time thing we just take you know the 14% from these people do it once we we pay off the national debt bam like that national debt's gone done yeah so that's something you never hear about, probably because the media right. doesn't want you to know about it because it's well, – right. we don't want 14 14- we, – We could have had yeah. u-
2: universal national health care in the 30s. That's socialism. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, that was put down. No, it's capitalism enhancement.
3: What they should call it – what they really should start calling these kind of measures would be regulated capitalism. I think right. that if they refer to it yeah. more as regulated capitalism rather than socialism or, or letting it get branded – and this is something that Huey mm-hmm. Long was very careful about. He didn't want to get branded as this or that. Right. He, he was very careful not to get branded as socialist. Branding is important. Right. Uh, yeah. It's completely branding. And um well yeah.
2: you, you can uh Huey Long did a national radio broadcast you know, introducing his Share Our Wealth program and you, you can find it the online. the SAW program. The SAW program. And it's yeah. actually like you sit and listen to it and you're like, you know, that actually
3: might <laughs> <laughs> <My> work. <laughs> yeah. I just I just think that regulated capitalism might be a better way to share this kind of idea that well, yeah. that you you have to have I mean we know in America there's this weird individualism that like supersedes all logic, but but that's why we end up with such horrible outcomes for the poor. We just have to regulate it better because right. we're going to have capitalism, but if it's regulated, you can still right tax the shit Basically, out of the here, here's, rich. Here's rich, a, rich.
4: here's a here's a tour analogy fresh <laughs> off, fresh off of the synapses, um, uh, regulated cat politism. Is like a you know good solid V eight engine, just humming along nice and neat. That's right. Uh, you know the distributor's cap is distributing the sparks to the spark plugs all at the right time. Unregulated capitalism is like. Only piston number three is getting the sparks. Nobody right. else. Or all eight pistons
2: <laughs> are banging against the, wall, at the, the same cylinder time. wall at the same time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's like it just doesn't run as well that no. way. Yeah.
3: But, no, the, yeah, right. but yeah. the thing is, is that if cylinder three is happy and they're not needing to go anywhere. They're right. fine to just sit in the parking
4: spot they're at. Right, they might be you know? happy, but that right. doesn't. But the the whole is I not know. happy. So but that that there not the problem. Give a shit. And we have to realize that that
2: even in this period of time when you called somebody a communist, that was a very serious charge because obviously you had the Palmer Raids in 1920 you know you, you you had red scares going on you know the fact that the soviet union even yeah. existed mm-hmm. and then roosevelt's 1932 administration was the first one to recognize the soviet union even as a country mm-hmm. you know in america
3: Oh, and... they dropped pamphlets on them way before then
2: <laughs> but but uh, when when long was accused I mean, of being we, a socialist I mean we were
3: we were in the red and white fight i mean we were dropping pamphlets on russia before that oh the... yeah, yeah oh, i'm yeah. just saying
2: 1917 Vladivostok. Yeah, yeah I mean... Yeah. 1919, yeah. actually, yeah. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> Along with yeah. the Japanese, who are always looking for a piece of Russia.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but
2: then they turned around in World War II, where the whole... Dude, did
3: you... can you blame the Japanese? They're on a goddamn island. Well... I mean, Kamchatka's looking pretty goddamn cool. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> you get some home ground yeah. somewhere else, you know, <laughs> just in case of volcanoes and whatnot. I'm just saying, Godzilla. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame him or King Gojira. King- or, or King Gojira. <laughs> These are problems that the Japanese faced in fantasy land. Well, yeah,
2: and, and when when Long was accused of of being a communist or a socialist, his response was, he said, "No, my inspiration is from the Bible and the Constitution." Yeah, the declara- Or I should say the Declaration of Independence, the communism, hell no. This plan is the only defense this country's uh, got against communism. And it's like, you know, there's like a certain rationality to that. Uh-huh.
4: You know, it's like, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you can bet uh, Jesus would not have been a, a, a hardcore capitalist <laughs> I'm thinking type. no. Yeah. yeah.
2: If you're dumping over the money changers He's, in the temple, yeah, yeah, yeah. you probably not. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah, I have a hard time even getting into that argument with people.
2: Well, or if you even read the Gospel of Luke.
3: You know, Luke is actually
2: my probably my favorite gospel in the New Testament.
3: Mm-hmm. Because it's written four hundred years later or three hundred. Well, yeah, that's fine. Years later, that's maybe. fine. But that's but, but, the, but point. the point is
2: there's <laughs> a lot of political there's there, there's more politics in Luke than I think most of the other Gospels. Right, and that's the one that it contains. It is easier for a uh, camel to pass through yeah. the eye of a needle than a rich man down to enter the gates of heaven. <laughs> right, you know I yeah you got to like Luke. It's it's good writing. I'm throwing one up it's for good Luke. Writing. Yeah, good writing. Yeah, I'm just saying it could be a play. Good
3: job, Luke. <laughs> yeah, Luke, if that is your real name, if that is your real name. <laughs> Probably just a podcast from the 280. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it'd be easier. So this whole time while
2: while Huey says, like, oh, you try to impeach me, I'll become a senator. But meanwhile, I'm gonna control Louisiana like I'm still a governor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was, you know, kinda awesome in its own way. So so Huey had this whole share a wealth program, and he actually uh gained the um
3: he had Gerald Smith go around the whole yeah. South to spread the word about the whole thing. And he also had the public support of Father Charles Coughlin,
2: who was a huge radio, Catholic radio broadcaster. So, and you have to remember, again, you know, it's a very Catholic state in the southern part. He had a very popular radio broadcast at the time. So with, you know, Huey Long and the church, you know, kind of both working hand in hand, that was a very powerful combination. He really could make the argument, oh, yeah, this is all very biblical and that's, you know. Mm. So, yeah, he yeah. he was a, a real power to be reckoned with. Now, they're also at the same time when Huey is senator and he's still controlling shit mm-hmm. very intensely in Louisiana. This is the same period of time where you've got the Square Deal Association. Yeah. We're going to just storm the
3: Capitol. <laughs> Square deal.
2: Now, you know, from all of that, there was only... Um, Huey he said, you know, he had taken over every board and commission in New Orleans except the Community Chess and the Red Cross.
1: <laughs> but he actually
2: called out the National Guard because these people, you know, were storming. But again, these were poor people that were hired by rich people to say, well, yeah, we really... We really hate your tactics. And, and that's the point is that, yeah, you could object to a lot of the legality and and the you know the power plays that Huey did throughout mm-hmm. his career. But then he accomplished all these other things. Right. And, and again, you still have to question what was his true motivation. I yeah,
4: mean, it's hard to know.
3: It is very
2: th- hard to know. I, yeah, and, and,
3: I think he wanted to be president. I yeah. think he wanted to support the people.
4: And, and you can – boy, you can go what if crazy – If he had not been assassinated. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, for one, at the time, there was now term limits on the presidential term. You Remember, mm -hmm. Roosevelt went for like 12 years, which means... 16, almost 16. yeah, Yeah, so Huey could have just kept being president had he consolidated right. his power. And, and con- he would have. Yeah, he would have controlled the process, which means he could have been president until, like, the 1970s. could have been awesome. <laughs> awesome and like, crazy. Yeah. All right, that so listen to this.
3: So in 1935, Graham Swing in The Nation wrote a long piece on Huey Long. And I want to read a segment of it. So this is before the assassination. This is when Huey Long is, like, really starting to get in the national Uh, Public Eye. Mm -hmm. So uh, Graham wrote, "Uh, Long is not a fascist with a philosophy of the state and its functions in expressing the individual. He is plain dictator. He rules. And opponents had better stay out of his way. He punishes all who thwart him with grim, relentless, efficient vengeance. But to say this does not make him wholly intelligible. One does not understand the problem of Huey Long or measure the menace he represents to American democracy until one admits that he has done a vast amount of good for Louisiana. He has this to justify all that is corrupt and peremptory in his methods. Taken all in all, I do not know any man who has accomplished so much that I approve of in one state in four years at the same time that he has done so much that I dislike." It is a thoroughly perplexing,
4: paradoxical record.
2: Very good quote. Bam! I mean, that says yeah. it all right there. Right there. Yeah. yeah,
4: and that's just it. Okay, what if Hubie Long did become president in the 1930s? Yeah. Okay, how would if he have treated World War II? Would he have stayed an isolationist, or would have he you know gone to war? And and if, if he had gone to war, or even if he stayed isolationist, would would he have embraced the military industrial complex he, he, and, I don't, and built it up big time. I tend
2: to, I tend to think
4: I'll uh, jump right in. I'm,
2: I'm sorry. Go, no. you go. Okay. Yeah. I would tend to think that if Huey Long was pre- an American president during the second world war, I think we would have seen a second front in Europe relieving the tension on the Soviet union much earlier than 1944. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I, I would have thought he would have, cause he supported anti-war in the uh, world war one. I would have thought he would have not been so interventionist. I No,
2: I, I didn't think, you know, with Hilly, Maybe he would
3: have seen a power gap. Maybe he would
2: have he would noticed have seen, he that... He would have seen a power mm-hmm. gap. I'm, certain, I'm sure then he would Hiller have seen the control. The he,
4: he may have yeah. seen an opportunity to become world dictator. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 And And also, too, is that I think that a lot of the pullback by the Allies... And allowing, you know, the the Soviets to take the, you know, the brunt of of the German war machine for so long was, let's be honest, an attempt to say, well, yeah, just let them chew up the communists Mm -hmm. and then we'll just clean up whatever's left.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, uh, that's interesting. That, that's an interesting thought. I never thought of it.
2: Well, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, Stalin had, had called for an alliance with the West uh, before the mm-hmm. Second World War. He was rebuffed. He also wanted to ensure that the alliances stayed in place
4: post-World War Two. again was rebuffed. Huey Long could have done the opposite he could have maintained the alliance with the soviet that's Union. that's right i mean if you yeah. if
2: you if you look at you know a person like i mean like henry wallace could have very easily been the vice president in roosevelt's fourth term who if you read his speech you know the the common man i mean it's like fdr and huey long had a love child oh yeah you know and you look at that and it's like you know henry wallace was this true new dealer and he was saying, "Look, I mean the the Russians are just being crushed by the Germans. They're bearing this huge brunt. I mean, and and if you if you read Mein Kampf, this is the central focus of of what they want to do. Uh huh. And so by just like pulling back, pulling back, pulling back from any kind of realistic second front, you're just hoping, you know, like with the invasion after." Uh, the First World War by the Japanese and the Americans, mm-hmm. that well, maybe the Germans will just take care of this whole
3: thing. And yeah, I mean, anyone, anyone, I'm sorry, I just got to jump in. Anyone who thinks that America won World War two, that's horseshit. It's total horseshit. But what's amazing is on the Russian front, many Russian soldiers were sent in behind other Russian soldiers with the orders without weapons that. When you get up to the front, you find a dead Russian and grab their gun right. and use that gun. So, so they were running against the Germans without weapons in right. order to find a weapon and pick something up and hopefully. I mean, and then there were guns pointed at them from behind that they right. couldn't. So if you like, ran back, yeah, you can't yeah, run back, yeah. didn't yeah. have a choice. You yeah. sat by your own beard. They yeah. thought it yeah. out, <laughs> they, uh-huh. they thought it through. But it uh, was, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brutal, but uh, they, there's not they a lot of really morality in war. that war.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a totally different period of time, and you can't you can't impose the same
3: mm-hmm.
2: values or judgments on it. You know, all things considered,
3: some of them were gay, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Vladimir Putin; he hates that.
4: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, <laughs> it should be a sitcom. really any war at any period oh, the, the morality tends to break down pretty quick. You know, you end up with doing some pretty brutal things, all sides.
3: Right. Stalingrad. Watch Stalingrad, everyone. It's like, it's a great pick me up. But, but wait, it's not December yet. So, I mean, wait till this winter, then watch Stalingrad.
2: (laughs) So we're actually coming up on the anniversary of Huey Long's assassination, which is September 8th, 1935.
3: I was hoping you would listen to this on September 8th, (laughs) 2013. So, yes. Yes. This is the big day. We're finally at the big day.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Miss God, got, him. This got him. <laughs>
3: so, so Huey
2: was at the state capitol, mm-hmm. and he was trying mm-hmm. to get rid. He was he was, uh, he was, was actually employing basic gerrymandering to get oh, rid of. yeah. He was great gerrymandering. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, redistricting? I, I will redraw that district. <laughs> yeah.
3: It will look like a giant penis. The king of redistricting, <laughs> Yeah, A giant tar penis. <laughs> giant tar penis redistricting. Yes, and, and and yeah, he he pissed off a lot of people doing that, and yeah. um, one of them was a judge who had a son-in-law who's very upset about it. Judge Benjamin Henry Pavey, mm-hmm. and it
2: was House Bill number one, and it, you know Long was there personally just to make sure. So you I mean he's a senator, but he's at the Louisiana. Uh, you know, Capitol building saying, you know, I, I'd really, you know, I'd like, I mean, so that carried a huge amount of weight. So that almost guaranteed that it was going to be passed. And mm-hmm.
3: his son-in-law, Dr. Carl Weiss, uh, had tried to Doctor speak. with a wife and a baby, right. like a two-year-old baby or whatever. Right. I mean, oh. it is a little Again, weird. Again,
2: it's it's almost kind of like the, the, the Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. thing, you know, it's like I'm going to throw my entire passing.
3: life away for what?
2: Yeah. So he was, mm-hmm. he he tried to talk to him three times, you know, so like he's trying to approach him. And obviously there's like this phalanx of armed guards around Huey and all these people trying to get his attention and talk to him. So, and you got to imagine it's like September 8th in Louisiana. It's, it's really <laughs> hot and humid and yeah, the building's packed and this, yeah. gr- you know, little granite. Yet they're um,
4: still all wearing suits for some reason because yes, it's the 1930s. Because yeah. they have to. It's yeah. simple. With we really huge the lapels. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, so he tries to talk to him three times. And the third time, for some reason, he pulls this gun, a 32 caliber six shooter,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, shoots Huey uh, from about four feet away.
3: Yeah, we think several times. Uh I never saw an accurate number on right. how many times
4: he was shot. Yeah. But it was probably like two or three. Right. Something right. like that. So, yeah. so he was, I mean,
2: to be fair, he was probably gut shot. Yeah. And it's really hot and humid. And he's the not in the best physical shape. The thing about a gut
3: shape. shot is you die slow. <laughs> it takes longer.
2: And, <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Medicine is not at its yeah. peak. If it's you've seen any seen cowboy
3: it. movie, you know that a gut shot just takes longer.
1: Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, anything
2: could have set in. No, no,
3: no. Here's what happened is uh, the doctors actually missed a bullet. I want to talk about Carl Weiss first, but uh, the doctors missed a bullet and one was lodged in his kidney. And they didn't realize that he wasn't able to properly function with the kidney problem. And that's what killed him.
2: And they wouldn't have had anything like dialysis. (laughs) Right.
3: Yeah. So they weren't. Yeah. Anyway, they missed one. So his
2: guards fired at, at Dr. Carl Weiss sixty-two times <laughs> with forty-fives in a granite Stop building. Stop
3: or I'll shoot. That's <laughs> I called, mean,
2: just yeah. try to imagine
3: that amount Classic of firepower. New York cop situation. Good God. Yeah. So and they, so they would the, permanently damage the Capitol. Do, do, uh, does a forty-five hold like a fifteen-round clip? Depends. No, a uh, 45 would have probably,
2: of that period of time, would have probably been an eight round. Yeah. It, Maybe nine right. with one in the chamber.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. It all depends, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can get extended clips, too, but yeah, at the time. I don't know that
2: at the time you, yeah. would, have, you, you would have probably had like a cult 45, you know, 1911, mm-hmm. you know. and Yeah. You'd probably have eight, or maybe like I say, nine. One of the two.
3: I heard there was actual machine gun fire, but I, I have no idea what that would have been. <laughs> God, who knows? Yeah, I know. So anyway, I mean, here you are. Reports in this... are crazy. Yeah, because
2: mm-hmm. you're in this enclosed little granite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might sound like
3: machine gun fire.
2: Yeah, and these guys are <laughs> fired <fighting> like sixty two <laughs> times. Like, oh fuck, I better do my job. Yeah. Oh.
3: The dude was dead before he hit the ground. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Carl Weiss died pretty much immediately. And what's amazing about him is that he got the greatest funeral of any assassin in United States history. Right. Uh, so he assassinated someone in political office uh, for political reasons. And thousands of people attend, attend his funeral.
2: 200,000. Yeah. Over 200,000. I mean,
3: that's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's because there is a contingent that hated Huey Long right. and went and attended the assassin's funeral. I'm just like wow, that just boggles the mind. Yeah, it'd
2: be like if if you know huh. like, well, oh, I didn't like the Kennedys, so I went to Lee Harvey Oswald's right. funeral." Right. Going to it's Lee Harvey
3: like, Oswald's that's funeral. Fucking uh, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, really do you hate uh-huh. Kennedy that much that the guy who blew it's his brains out
2: kind of fucked up. So So anyway,
3: huge attendance and then there was huge attendance also. I mean, not to give equal measure, but huge attendance at, at uh Huey Long's funeral. But one thing I want to say, oh, oh
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I said over 200,000, I meant for Huey Long's funeral, oh, oh, not yeah. not for Dr. Carl Weiss's. Yeah. Carl you Weiss know, had probably. a huge attendance. Anyways. But he had a huge attendance yeah. too, yeah. yeah. But uh yeah.
3: the 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 thing about it is it took it took everyone thought that Huey'd be okay. Uh that's why no one took it very seriously when he got shot. They were I mean obviously they rushed into the hospital and everything, but they thought yeah. he'd be fine because he was acting normal and they thought Oh, he's going to be okay, but they just missed that bullet in the kidney, and, and that's right. what actually caused him to die.
2: Well, and and they also, you know, the doctor who wrote years later toward the end of his life said that, that Long couldn't have possibly survived the shooting, you know, one way or the other. It was just the damage was too extensive, yeah. you know, for the period of time. So, yeah.
3: His sister Lucille wrote that his final words, and, you know, who knows if this is true or not, were, don't let me
4: die. I've got so much to do. Wow, I mean, that's not surprising that you knew no. he had a lot more things he wanted. Dedication, to do. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't done. He wasn't talking about no, retirement. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah,
2: but it took him two days to die, and I'm sure those were very painful Did days. Do you ever tell too. you guys
3: what I want my last words to be? Go. <laughs> I want my last words to be, I wish I would have spent more time at work. <laughs> just so that someone would have said it (laughs) just to like cover that base that no one ever said i wish i would have spent more time at work on their deathbed i actually want those to be my last words and i'm going to work on it i'm going to try to make that happen i mean i know i'll never have
2: a tombstone because i want to be cremated so i just want mine to be just very simple
3: eat me i want mine to be nailed it <laughs> nailed it yeah <laughs> nailed it maybe an explanation but i don't know nailed it <laughs> but yeah all right anyway uh... yeah man carl weiss uh that's just crazy that's just it's just crazy that he was such a celebrated like hero and then there were these massive funerals for both of them yeah So
2: there was, well, I mean, that's how divided it was. And there's still a plaque in the state capitol that, you know, (laughs) commemorates, okay, here's where the assassination took place. And you're right. They never patched
3: those. I want to go see that. It's, 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 I wish I would have seen It's fucking awesome. I mean,
2: you know, I mean, that's like the, the one good reason to go to Baton Rouge is just to, you know look at that and sort of see oh yeah wow this was uh-huh. a huge giant on the american political landscape he really was he really was but you know uh his legacy was was kind of you know, like extending even to the 21st century both with his you know genetic family but then also supporters you could pretty much look at louisiana politics from 1935 on as either pro or anti long mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he cast a very huge shadow. I hate paved road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like education for people gonna, that aren't me. You gonna pave a
3: road and give black people textbooks? <laughs> Ugh.
2: But what, what's funny is, and and this is this is what I always thought was hilarious was like Sinclair, Sinclair Lewis wrote the book. It can't happen here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this fascist takeover, and a lot of people always thought mm-hmm. that the, the central character was based after Huey Long, and it was even kind of interesting that that the WPA actually put that play on <laughs> as a play, and I thought, oh yeah, FDR, you're not working behind
1: the scenes
4: at all, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's I, I think it's good we talked about him just because it's something a lot of people don't know about and I, I think it's he's a great person to study to you know, one to understand what really you know, sort of liberal uh share the wealth kind of politics is, and two to understand what political corruption is Right. Oh my and, God! And, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a just... classic example of both. <laughs> both. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: it it works. It just it just cuts so cleanly both ways mm-hmm. that I, yeah, yeah yeah I don't I don't have a clear sense of the man. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If you use, I mean, certainly when you look at the pressure politics that are used by the Tea Party and other groups, mm-hmm. you know, today in American politics you know could you really fault somebody that was more left oriented from doing the same thing and but yet achieving all these public programs but in a
3: way yeah but in a way you can i mean it's just, yeah you're right but i'm conflicted cuz i'm like no you don't use shitty tactics I'm like, oh, wait, maybe you do. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of it. It worked for Huey like, Long, didn't yeah. it? How
4: else do you get it done? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You would, you would hope there's a way to just take the high road. But there is no And high get it in all politics. done. There seems, yeah. to, there seems to be a, like a large political
2: lesson in the life of Huey Long, in the life and career of Huey yeah. Long, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, do you want to keep to the purely ideological high road of uh, – Democratic Republic, or do you just really want to stick it to the fucking rich?
3: <laughs> It'd be nice if someone stuck it to the fucking rich. Let's just be clear. Yeah. This is our tank riot yeah. ideal. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Uh, from my perspective, what mm. I see is uh, maybe we should stick it to the fucking rich. I'm just saying.
2: It's just my idea. just ideal. saying.
3: Just putting it out there in case, you know. So, if
2: you... Have some thoughts about Huey Long or any of the topics we've discussed, and they have been Legion. Please let us know at feedback at tankriot.com. Let and me, also let us know, uh, you know, an answer if you can find one mm-hmm. to those last two sounds in the last scene of The Day the Clown Cried. Let me just say one yeah. more
3: thing about Huey Long. Between the Republican and the Democrat Party is the low Papa Hiris and the high <laughs> I mean, the guy spoke like nobody else. Yeah, check it yeah. out. Yeah. He did. It's I mean, it's crazy. His speeches crazy are speaker.
2: fascinating to yeah. listen to. And like I say, if you listen to that Chara Wealth program or Henry Wallace's Common Man speech, <laughs> you think we had people like this? Yeah. And yeah. we're this now. What the
4: fuck happened? Yeah, I think that's the rich corporations. I think that's wanted, part of the problem in in politics right now is we don't have this sort of radicalism on the left just demanding yeah. for let's look, let's look. take the money from the rich and fix all this. Okay, let's just <laughs> fix it. You know, right? it,
2: was, it was funny when when uh, when we we're when uh, this whole thing with Syria. You know, it's like whoa. Oh, you're de- we, we we have we had evidence before, but now we're we're totally sure that they use gas in Syria. Yeah. So then so then I was I was uh walking to uh the local coffee shop and they had the McPaper the USA Today. Ooh and the had <laughs> military <laughs> action strongly considered against Syria, and they just had this this huge diagram of a tomahawk missile, which just looked like this huge blue penis pointed at a map of Syria and I thought, <laughs> "Oh well, that won't be and then just underneath it, it was Obama uh putting the Medal of Honor medal around this you know hero in Afghanistan, and I thought. You know, I
4: bet you the papers in Berlin in
2: about 1939 looked about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this it's kind of about is
4: the same. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm highly suspect that somehow a cruise missile is our best option. Guys, I mean, yeah. are you, are Nothing. you, are you, are you freaking kidding me? We're going
3: to, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that this is my preemptive strike. Okay. You're Obama's going to do some shit.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: He's going to attack. Yeah. America is yeah. going to get involved. And we have absolutely no say And we have absolutely no, no, uh, no. Nope. Input and we have absolutely no control and Congress has absolutely nothing To say about it Joe Biden and Obama were highly against it When uh, George Bush did it Now they're highly for it because. But now that we're in charge. They're power. in charge it's different I say yeah. boy <laughs> I say, yeah. I say, we're not the same. Uh, but yes, it's, it's uh, disgusting and horrible. And I, yeah, I have, I have hey, a dream. Hey, let's just let's throw another <laughs> war and, and who cares, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way to go, it, America. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, you know, Obama, he, he's burning up his political capital. Well, I he isn't. And, and, in and, a and, weird I, and way. I don't want to say this is a political thing. Well, it is. But. Um, it's almost impossible not. But to he's be. trying to. Pl- I don't know what the hell's going on actually, because it's I just know, crazy. I-, I mean, we got rebels using chemical weapons, and now that we think Assad is using capital w- cap- chemical weapons, it- then we're going to send the well, cruise and missile. Then, and why is the cruise missile the well, solution? And then when we call them the why, rebels, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's
2: like we used to call we used to call um, the Contras, you know, under the Reagan years, freedom ooh, fighters. Contras. and these guys were yeah. just a bunch of ex and toe cutters. <laughs> Well, there's you know, like, it's like no; these are not the founding fucking
4: fathers. Yeah, it's like Al Qaeda fighting Assad. So I mean, there's yeah. not like there's not a good I mean, side is there. Assad
3: is. You have you know, I mean, versus yeah, Assad. What a douche! It, it, but it's,
4: it's like assholes versus assholes is what we're yeah. here, and somehow we're going to fix it by shooting a cruise missile. I think, I think I don't get it.
3: We're America. We're the world police. We're yeah. the world police. Yeah. Yeah. Team Make America, it right.
2: world police, and I, I think the best quote from that is "America, fuck yeah, dicks." Fuck
3: pussies. <laughs> pussies get fucked. Like dicks. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be an asshole. You don't want to be an asshole. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm. Gary. I'm
4: just. I'm just highly, How do you do it? I'm highly suspect of everything here. I mean, it might be that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm highly that, suspect of you, too. Yeah, France just wants to get a natural gas pipeline. Oh, France
2: wants <laughs> yeah. Syria back. France used to be a French colony. Yeah. The French can't wait to have all their colonies back. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's 1901, Nicholas. We're yeah. not talking about yeah. you.
4: We're talking about your government. <laughs> and then, of course, Putin doesn't want that to happen because he wants to keep selling France the he wants his, to be his nice expensive natural gas. Tsar or, Nicholas the third, something. Yeah, I don't, shirtless. It's just all
3: shirtless, shirtless, riding a unicorn. <laughs> not gay though. Not, not gay. gay. Not yeah. gay. Kind of not gay in the that,
4: That's what, Someone just needs to make a a, a Putin shirtless yeah. gay calendar and sell it to the he, gay community I, or something. I got to believe that already. He is, definitely yeah. did experiment in college <laughs> and found shirtless was okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, it's
3: like, yeah, then, okay. You know, no tidy whities. I'm
2: working on the packs. <laughs> yeah. Right. <Yeah.
3: laughs> and
4: it's usually Pour the, the ones that are trying to cover for something that are actually the, the most gay. Seems anyway, right?
2: <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. The, the,
4: the, Don't we have various? Uh, you protest too much. Uh, yeah, reverend ministers, <laughs> uh, thou so. uh, protest too much. Preachers that yeah are guilty <laughs> yes. of that. But hey, uh, how about that Pope Francis? <laughs> hey, hey, that was actually one of my de- ideas with Syria. Okay. Let's just let let's get Pope Francis. Get a cruise missile. Let's put him on the destroyer <laughs> and, and let him control the switch for the cruise missile. If, if he thinks pushing the button is a good idea, that's right. All right, fine. All right. If he doesn't want to push it, then okay we don't do the cruise Pond missile. if
2: I'm just saying. Yeah, it's up gonna, to you. You're gonna
3: fucking do this. Time's running <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Clock's ticking, <laughs> bitch. Push <laughs> <laughs> the button or not, man.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's what I just think there's just not a a lot, not enough thought going on in this whole thing.
2: No, I just I mean, like, you know, the old saying goes, there's a terrible pressure that builds up in an unused bullet. And if if we make all of our money from a bloated military budget, which, again,
3: can we uh, can we just always reference the Dwight Eisenhower military industrial complex speech? I mean, every fucking time. Oh my yeah. God! That was that God fucking damn it. it. Yeah, I mean that newsroom speech is like the best thing I've ever seen oh, on yeah. TV. Yeah,
2: ever. I mean that boom. That yeah. was it. That's yeah. all there. It's like no, I don't. I don't think that there's any way. <laughs> but like Rome, fourth century, blooded military, <laughs> and I mean, I remember being in a conversation recently with with people I work with, and they were saying, "Whoa." I made the point that, uh, yeah, our, our, our Navy, you know, which they always tout as the global force for good, hasn't really fought a Navy since the Japanese in World War II, so now they're just, like, shelling, you know, offshore. Yeah. And it's, well, yeah, but, you know, whose Navy is, you know, I mean, how how could we, you know, have a contest with the Navy? And it's like, like the Chinese, I read this article where they said, you know, it would last, like, four minutes, and it's like they don't need a Navy because they have, two trillion dollars worth of trade deficit over hanging over our heads. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's more than an entire won that um, skirmish. <laughs> yeah. You're fucked. I mean, do you get that? You're fucked. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can affect your economy in ways that the Soviet Union never right, could. Right. So yeah.
3: But they want it to keep floating, and we all—it's a global community. It's almost like we need to have some kind of community. We need like a world federation or something. Don't get me started.
2: You know, (laughs) everyone works together. Look, I'm—I'm going to say that I'm (laughs) just going to say this. You guys complain about what I said about the latest Star Trek movie. Okay, in a couple years, (laughs) when uh, Star Wars gets
3: abramized,
2: oh my god, then you fucking tell me what you think of that. I heard we
3: will. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, know I know I will Lekota, yeah. it's gonna be shot on film. That's an interesting topic. I mean I'm just amazed. He's gonna shoot
4: it on film? Film. Because Lucas be
3: already film. jumped to digital, I thought. Boom. This one's on film. Wow! Yeah, it's already been decided, and they got the cameras right. and everything. Uh, loaded. Way to prop up Kodak! All right. Yeah, I hope they shoot <laughs> it on like expired Fuji Film, much like the mm. Six String Samurai, where it's expired and oh, it yeah. just gets really beautiful colors. Think they're on go, like, it. All, yeah, they're gonna go all <laughs> wild, Velviva. I, I hope
1: so. like Velvea. Technicolor that will yeah. burn your retinas just, out. Just beautiful <laughs> yeah. Technicolor, You can, like
2: Gone with the Wind yeah. or one of those uh-huh. kind of movies like Spartacus. <laughs> it's like, I can't. My retinas, the rods and cones are burning out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: So yeah. Anyway, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Hey, do you want to do mailbag? We have
3: to do mailbag. We mailbag, have mailbag.
2: to do mailbag. Mailbag, mailbag, mailbag.
1: Mailbag. My name's and I like mailbag. Mailbag.
2: You <laughs> know something? One thing. One thing. Uh, people of uh, listeners have often emailed and say, "Well, you know what? What podcast do you like to listen to?" And there's one where uh, that that I love. Okay. Flophouse. The flop house. The flop house. And just they they refer to their listeners as uh, floppers. Floppers. Or actually to them as floppers.
3: Now we sometimes refer to people as rioters or riotists. I don't know.
2: Rioters, I think sounds better. Rioters. I mean, that's like, you know, if you're from Delaware, it's like, do you want uh, Delawareans or Delawinians? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: I can't even follow that. <laughs> Who cares? Just
2: get away from me! Stop touching me! All right,
3: rioters! I don't care.
2: But the the point is, what's is your point? The, there's there's uh, one of the the people on the podcast, Elliot, always likes to try to sing a. He always tries to make up a song for the mailbag for the mailbag, and it's like, yeah, we should do that too. All right, go mailbag, mailbag.
3: <laughs> 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 I think we did that already. Okay, <laughs> it was a
2: little Broadway. I gotta say, okay. <laughs>
3: Not bad But there was no story to it No yeah. There was
2: no context There was no character <laughs> development There was no plot Yeah There was no protagonist I feel like I barely so know you Bucket mm. <laughs> I would like to read one Wait Tor? Do you No you, you No know Tor's
4: paper got up. the biggest one of Tor, all time go Go Tor Okay this In
3: episode is, 139 This is the shame of Tor
4: I <laughs> We have a correction coming Don't here Tor failed us all Cause in episode 139 Cause I, I never say anything wrong I wanna, I wanna, never I wanna wrong. make it clear
2: I was not present for 139 Yeah you
3: weren't,
4: you yeah. weren't It was just me and Sp- Tor Sputnik
3: was not naked. here Naked I was in tidy whitey him. Yeah I think it distracted him
4: We were, oh, experimenting. We were experimenting What the hell was going on When I wasn't I,
3: here I totally yeah. think that he couldn't focus <laughs> And like made a huge mistake Did you guys have your Dude. beds Pointed in like different ways <laughs>
4: I don't know, man.
3: Anyway, I,
2: I,
4: I was in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. <laughs> oh, God. And I went to the... <laughs> I'm taking acid, too, <laughs> I went to the Haunted Mansion with my family, and lo and behold, it was Orson Welles doing the narration. No, narration. It wasn't. Or so I thought... <laughs> Because apparently Jonathan emails us and he and he went there too. Last name, he held with, <laughs> name he held with, last name yeah, will, held by request. Yeah. So he goes he goes there too and he thinks, Oh, that's Vincent's Vincent Price. Oh anyway. No way you... long story short, he looks it up and it's Paul Freeze, yeah. who apparently sounds just like Orson Welles. Dude, I've got to wow. tell you, I've got to tell you right now.
3: I looked. <laughs> I looked it up the evening we recorded the show because I was like, we didn't mention it because no? you mentioned you. You were like in the in the I Orson thought the Welles, Welles show. We had to
4: have mentioned it because so,
3: All right, so time out, like, man. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> in the Orson Welles show, we never yeah. mentioned this, and I was like, we didn't mention it because it wasn't real, you know. <laughs> so I went and looked it up, and oh. I went to the Disney. I I found my way to a Wikia page. That was about that actual ride. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's Paul Fries, And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm going to leave it in the podcast <laughs> okay. and see if anyone catches it. And then we'll just mention it in the show or whatever. Yeah. God damn it. Someone caught it and yes. emailed
4: us. I'm like, that's, that's a-
3: awesome. That is awesome. But it I got to tell you, when
4: I was there, man, that <laughs> sounded like Orson Welles and... Everything came together and made sense, <laughs> and, and so now that it's Paul free that's just a freak. It just it, ruins the ride for and you. I and ha- I have to add that I think part of the problem here is that mm-hmm. I'm getting an email uh, related to Orson Welles. Yeah. Yet it's not from Martin. It's from Jonathan. Sputnik, you were not here uh, for the last episode. <laughs> I was not. But, I'm but, damn I'm feel it, ashamed for that. You, you missed horrible lies. <laughs> we yeah. are like. It was just a able. pure propaganda
1: broadcast, <laughs> we, propaganda. We, we
4: had uh two different emails, ah, American soldier uh, um, <laughs> about Orson Welles and they were both from uh Martin, except it wasn't the same Martin. Mm. It was different Martins. Wow. Yeah. So, but now it's from a Jonathan. So and everything's topsy turvy, so I'm beginning yeah. to
2: think that episode one hundred thirty nine was kinda like tank riot's tar penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well mistakes when, were made. Yeah. When,
4: <laughs> Tor. Things, when things go um, you know, yeah, go all Jonathan, then that's yeah. No, it was a good episode no, tour. Don't it, don't it, don't, it, don't get so upset. No, I'm I'm not upset. I, I'm just uh you oh, know, just, know, talking. i not,
2: I don't think you're upset, Tor, but I yeah. I have to I have to say I believe you're a bit shaken. <laughs> uh, uh,
4: <laughs> not stuck yeah. you know you really got to be careful about when you hear people talking that sound like famous people they might not be oh yeah that's like morgan what, freeman yeah that's a ploy that scott walker used he used a yeah. fake mormon fre- freeman to make it sound like he was being endorsed by morgan freeman which of course he was not
2: yeah absolutely yeah well i have one from uh paul Picorni. And he said, hello, lads, this may not be the world's fastest, but they are making the Indian chief again. Executive producer, Paul. Yes, executive producer, Paul. Thank you
3: for the mugs, Paul.
2: Yes, thank you so much. And yes, I have seen that. And I, I I think that the Indian motorcycle should always be present in one form or another on the American landscape or the world landscape. I think the Indian motorcycle was the Mm -hmm. best motorcycle that America ever produced. Uh, This one is, you know, like like the previous one, is a V-Twin, which, okay, you know, whatever. But it still has the same styling, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of Indian swag available now, and I am going to scoop it up.
3: Yeah, I'll have to figure out if I can pull one off or not. I, yeah, I have a I have an old Yamaha. That, it's an eighty two, and I, mm-hmm. I, I think I got to figure out how to sell it so I can like trade up or something.
2: Yeah, but dude, I mean the Indians. I mean even the smaller <laughs> Indians, they're like these huge, you know, the Art Deco sweep
3: hog kind of bike. Dude, I know, I know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Do you want Absolutely a hog? Beautiful. Do you?
2: I mean, do you want? Do, I mean, I, I guess
3: I, I can't. See I wanna,
2: you a, want to. I want to. I want to laid
4: back. I want a laid back bike. You
2: want, you want a hog or a cruiser? Yeah.
4: I want a cruiser. Do you you guys know who makes the Vegas bike? I am Mm -hmm. not familiar with that. I just saw a a motorcycle the other day. It was all black except you know the engine was chrome. It was a V twin. Uh, But so I went to look at it, and all it said on the tank was Vegas, and I didn't. (laughs) I didn't stick around to. Try fallout to... vegas probably the dude's name yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't try vegas. To find, Call me vegas i didn't try to find a logo or anything else on it so call me dan just a vegas <laughs> yeah, bike it, it looked film. like uh had a v-twin but it didn't look like the typical v-twin you see on a harley hmm. it was a little different but uh i i have no idea well, I mean, yeah.
2: we've we've got a lot. Of, I mean, well, we've I mean, got the Harley, but you know, I'm not really super proud of that. I mean, cuz like this weekend it's the 110th anniversary of really, you know, poor engineering. Yeah. Uh which will take place in Milwaukee, the Good Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh they've been really you know, and you know who's going to be there? Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Ah, from Detroit. What's, and what's left of Leonard Skinnerd, which is kind of funny because Kid Rock's latest <laughs> song
4: is a complete There's nothing left of Leonard Skinner. Off? Come on. No, nah, yeah. well, there's a
3: few. Oh, God. I mean, God. not everyone mm-hmm. got on the plane. No one crawled <laughs> out of the
4: rubble. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's, you know, you look at some old Harleys or ones that have been customized pretty cool. They can be cool, but... Oh, no, no. But, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from but, a yeah. panhead or a knucklehead or yeah, a good yeah. shovel, but... Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so... It, when, the, when you get these uh, bandwagon bandwagon jumper honor kind of bikers that you know the yeah. lawyers that well, yeah. got a leather all yeah. up and oh yeah. yeah
2: it's like oh look at i have my 500 hundred dollar french leather jacket and they are french made
4: yeah
3: which you know yeah. yeah so in the last podcast i mentioned how kind of pissed off i was at elysium that it was kind of a there was a tech moment in elysium that kind of annoyed me that i i couldn't I, it was a why would that actually work moment. i saw i saw elysium
2: what, what what tech moment are you speaking of
3: well, the whole ending of the movie where, I don't want to give away too much, but, you know, doors were opened and uh, things were reprogrammed to uh, do. No others. One's g- no one's
2: going to watch this movie except us. It was
3: a lame-ass fucking ending of the movie. I mean, District 9 is a wonderful Neil Blomkamp movie. Right. Elysium was kind of a stupid action movie with the Matt Damon effect of shaky cam all over the place. It was. Pointless sci-fi. with Sci-fi is just bullets flying in space rather than bullets flying on the ground just a waste of the sci-fi medium in my opinion
2: well i think i think the problem with Elysium <laughs> honestly was is that that i i mean i read uh, the director did an interview
3: yeah i love the guy
2: and it was really actually really interesting and this is what he wanted to achieve mm-hmm. but then when i went to go see Elysium i thought really what the fuck were you trying to do? I mean, there's like maybe a page of dialogue Well, here actually, and... it's,
3: it seems like it's overplotted. I mean, it is an overplotted film. There's a lot of plot that's supposed to happen. But it's just so plotted that it just falls apart in some ways. But did you ever read,
2: you know, the director, what he based the story
3: on? No. I mean, he wrote it. The, you know, he's got writing right. credit on it.
2: So him and this other guy, you know, in the film industry went down to Mexico mm. and they're just like, you know, dicking around, seeing the sights. you know, you're in Mexico. They're fairly well to do guys. And a couple of federales pick them up, you know, cause they're obviously like really out of place and, and they're going to like throw them into jail. And, you know, Mexico is still under kind of like this Napoleonic law code. So, right. you know, if if guys in uniforms pick you up, you could spend a lot of time.
3: Don't go back to Juarez.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so his uh, the director's buddy just kept pushing a hundred dollar bills through the window in the back until they they just stopped and let him go. And they're like in the middle of fucking nowhere, and there's like dogs and naked kids and open fires everywhere. And off in the distance, they can see all the lights. That's that's America. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, "Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to portray. It's like this shit isn't going to happen in the future. This is going to happen right now." But he does this movie where it happens way in the fucking far future. (laughs) It has none of that explanation, and it's like, "Oh Christ, did you miss the
3: mark?" Right. Well, I'm glad he felt the same way I did. (laughs) Yeah,
4: (laughs) sounds like he would have done an actual, uh, you know, current day. Essentially, I mean, screenplay about that adventure he went yeah, on like, himself. It would hey, look, people, we've out all out seen El Norte, so
3: and and, and yeah. I don't want to fuck around either because I love Matt Damon.
4: Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He's actually Can we a go back really to experimentation.
3: He's <laughs> he's really an intelligent guy, and he really knows what the fuck is up. I mean, this is one of the smartest actors in Hollywood right now. I love Matt Damon and he acted in the movie for probably a lot of money and did a great job in it and i don't want to demean you know his contribution to this but there were some tech moments that just pissed me off so anyway robert caught on to that and sent me an email saying hey victor i understand that you're you're mentioning how the tech moment uh of independence day you know took you out of the independence day film because there's this moment where, like, Jeff Goldblum is plugging in a computer to the alien spacecraft and it warps the alien, you know, spacecraft, whatever, causes a virus, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah.
4: You got the actor right this time. I know. I said Randy <laughs> Quaid originally. I was wrong,
3: Tor. And what is it
4: with you
2: guys?
3: I know. He's he's just – he's incorrigible. So there, there's a seven-minute deleted scene apparently – ...that explains why Jeff Goldblum would know what Jeff Goldblum knows... ...but they cut it out of the goddamn movie because it was too much plot exposition. And I've never seen it. I'd love to see it. And I don't have a DVD of it or anything. But anyway, I'm glad to know it exists. And that there are seven minutes that say that he caught a previous spacecraft... ...and and figured out how to you know program his computer to work with it and do a reverse engineering... Apparently, it sounds really fascinating how they wrote that and seven minutes of the movie dropped. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, glad to know it's there. I will no longer make fun of. Oh, no, wait. I'll still make fun of Independence Day because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so, anyway.
4: Yeah. I mean, you haven't seen Independence? Day?
3: Seriously? I haven't seen the seven minute deleted oh, scene. Oh, the seven. Oh, oh the, yeah. All okay. right. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, I was going to say, it's like, really? I'll probably still make fun of it. I have it on VHS. I have the original movie on VHS, but I don't have the seven minute deleted scene.
4: Okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I was wrong, people. We're mostly right usually.
3: I you until you correct us. Eighty yes. percent of the time, I'm right. hundred percent of the time. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> That's like what from. Um, Ron Burgundy with the the cologne panther. It's made from bits of real panthers, so you know it's good. Sounds like
3: a fire in a baby diaper. 60% uh, of
2: the time it works, 100% of the time. You know that makes no sense. (laughs) Seriously, that smells like gasoline. (laughs) It's like Bigfoot. (laughs) Good evening. This has been Tank Riot. This is John Connor.
1: (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's kind of what we needed yeah we can't end a show without that
4: yeah uh...
1: <laughs> so with my
4: There once was a monkey named Dolan's.
2: (laughs) Hey, that's on Antenna TV, 15.3.
4: 15.3. It's 976 on your charter dial. Check, check, check. Cool.
2: They have monkeys on. And and McHale's
4: Navy. McHale's Navy. Which is awesome. Yeah, I should get the kids addicted to that instead of whatever that other stuff (laughs) was. Instead of the crack cocaine. Kids, get off the crack. Yeah. And scene.
0: a king every girl a queen for you can be a millionaire but there's something belonging to others there's enough for all people to share when it's sunny june and december too or in the winter time or spring there'll be peace without end every neighbor a friend with every man a king Thank you. Thank you. Think you got a good bet.